hello and welcome to episode 74 of the 1099 for the week of January 9th, 2017. This, my friends, is the second annual Freelancer Game of the Year Awards, where uh, myself and a collection of wonderful people kind of get together, put together a top 10 list of the best video games from the year ordered in some <laughs> bizarre way that we somehow figure out. Uh, but really, it kind of becomes this great way to highlight games. Uh, both big and small that maybe a lot of us didn't get a chance to play and we could talk about. And uh, this has led me to buy like 10 games from last year. So it's just a way for us to help you spend your money. So with me today are two people who helped order this list last year, as well as one new person. Uh, first, we have Splunky Disciple, writer, podcaster, uh, and all-around great guy, Tom McShay. Tom, are you ready to do this today? What an introduction. Yeah, see? This might be a little forward but can you do my eulogy <laughs> <laughs> i mean probably like it, it, keep me in mind i'll I, i'll okay. definitely cool. consider that uh <laughs> thank you <laughs> from feminist frequency the crock pot and a whole bunch of other stuff from the internet at large carolyn pettit carolyn how you doing today hey i'm good it's a little early but i'm uh, happy to be here it's ex- it's also pouring rain here in berkeley california right now so it's going to be a lovely day to just stay inside uh talk about video games and then watch video games be streamed on the internet as uh the hdq marathon uh gets underway today so i'm just looking forward to to that so yeah i'm doing i'm doing real well i feel bad because i'm uh east coast so it's like 11 12 like it's like yeah. everyone's like it's so early. I'm like, yeah, it's uh, really uh, early for a Sunday. <laughs> uh, and also, I totally, I totally feel your pain. It's um, it is 32 degrees in Florida right now, which is like Ooh. really, really bizarre. I just came from Pittsburgh too, which it was nine degrees, and I just I can't escape it. I miss warm weather. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> lastly, we have someone who I literally told five minutes ago, hey, talk to us about video games. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Ian couldn't show up, but this is. A great person to have on and uh, someone who I play a lot of Overwatch with and who's going to help me try to convince these people that Overwatch is one of the top <laughs> games of the year. Uh, we have Freelance hey, from buddy. IGN, Waypoint, Polygon, a whole bunch more. Joseph, Noop, Joe, how are you doing today? Thank you, and thanks for describing me earlier as uh, New Blood or whatever the heck that was, because uh, I'm, I'm 24 with the body of a 35-year-old, and so whenever I go to gaming events, I always feel like the baby in the room. So. You know, I'm really excited <laughs> to have you on here, too. I really think a lot of our interests match up, and it's like having two Josiahs on here. So, so Overwatch, Overwatch, no and Overwatch. Overwatch uh, is the end of the year. Yeah. But uh, before we get into this, uh, just a big warning that there are going to be spoilers. We are going to talk about video games that came out last year in depth, so if someone's trying to make a big case for why a certain game should win, like Super Hot, you probably need to bring in the Super Hot ending to actually make a strong argument there. So, spoilers! Uh, And we have a big Google Doc that, uh, Joe, if you'd like to also add anything to this, because a lot of this stuff is stuff that we put on. Um, We're going to yeah go through this. I think the best way to handle this is that we start at one person, they pick out an individual game and say, this should be on a top ten list. Uh, they make that case, and if we think it's strong enough, it'll at least be put into our you know tentative top ten list. It'll probably get about 16 games, then we will whittle that down to ten. Uh, are we good? I'll read this out in a second. Are we good with this current long list? Is there anything else we want to add to this list before we start arguing? I think uh, we're good. 
Hmm. I'm actually oh, currently trying to re-log into it. the Tom said, into the Tom document. Tom says but, yeah. as he surreptitiously adds spelunky to the list. <laughs> he even did it in alphabetical order, so it's hard for me to like argue with it. I think maybe it should be the game of the year. It um, might be. It might be. Yeah, uh, Joe, if you want to get into the dock, it looks like you're not in right now. If you want to get in and at least do one last pass to make sure that this is a list that you would be happy arguing for or against. Um, yeah, I'm running on two laptops, and uh, the other <laughs> one, for some reason, just died again. So I'm, right, at, well, I'm thankfully not the Skype one, but I'm trying to get back in. Okay, well, so, I will read this. But I saw everything. Loud, we'll if be there's good. anything that stands out, let me know. All right, our current list in alphabetical order is Battlefield 1, Dark Souls 3, Diaries of a Spaceport Janitor, uh, Doom, Final Fantasy 15, Firewatch, Hidden My Game by Mom, that's a harder thing to say than you think. Uh, Hitman, Hyper Light Drifter. I'm going to pronounce this. Can someone pronounce this game? Is it Imbrolio? Imbrolio. Imbrolio. Inside Kentucky Route Zero Act 4, The Last Guardian, Mafia 3, No Man's Sky, One Night Stand, Overcooked, Overwatch, Oxen Free, Pokemon Go, Pokemon <laughs> Sun Slash Moon, uh, Quadrilateral Cowboy, Ratchet and Clank, Stardew Valley, Super Mario Run, Tharsis? Tharsis? Thesis? Tharsis? That yes. Dragon Cancer, Tharsis. Thumper, Titanfall 2, Uncharted 4 at Thief's End, and XCOM 2. So, as of Hoo-wee! now, that is our long-ass list of games. Um, those, those are our contenders, ladies and gentlemen. Place your bets weird, now. <laughs> weird list. There's a lot going on here. Um, yeah. So yeah, like we said, we're gonna uh, go across all of us, figure out what should stay, what should go. Uh, I guess since this is my podcast, I should probably start by nominating one of these games. Uh, sure. And, uh, guys, I think Firewatch is one mm. of the best ten games of the year. Agreed. Move on, Carol. Your turn. <laughs> <laughs> um. And I have a lot of reasons. Like it's a it's a really and that's why I should just say I have a lot of reasons and leave it there. But like it's yeah. it's a really Oh, okay. Well thing. as long as you have I mean yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say as long as you have more than I think that it's four if you have more than four reasons, then it's Ooh. then it's, then it qualifies. You know, if you only have three or less reasons, then it's not on the list. I think I did a uh a podcast just about this game at one point, and one of the weirdest things about it is, like, it's this game that mixes, like, this weird loneliness in this mm. this forest. Uh, it, it, it's a story about, like, dealing with bizarre issues, and you're kind of, you're, again, you're, you're secluded out in this place, but also have this, this like, this connection with Delilah, but, like, is it weird that I think this is it... also kind of a horror game, in that the tension and the thrill no, aspect no. of this is one of the weirdest parts about Firewatch where I, especially after you get donked on the head at that one point of the game and you get knocked out and it establishes that, yes, there could be someone else here with you, that for the rest of the game I was completely on edge in a way that regular horror games never really got me. Um, I, I feel weird yeah. saying this, but the game is brave enough to to build up false hope and then be dull for the like dull not in a bad way though because that's the kind of story it wants to tell. It it gives you those reasons to falsely believe the same things that uh, Henry believes, right? Yeah, mm. and it's it's actually a pretty powerful 
like observation on or like our willingness to kind of divorce ourselves from reality when yeah. we're facing uh, very personal issues. And I, it, it, not a day goes by I don't see someone like Reddit or Twitter or whatever being like, well, I just thought you know they kind of didn't stick the landing. They didn't really follow through That's on all those mysteries. Voice, Good job, way. you got the story. <laughs> Yeah, it because uh, I think a lot of people say like it ends on a flat note, but I think because it ends in this way, it does end in a bizarre way. But I really loved that. It felt natural. It felt honest to what that game was. There's definitely some weirdness in terms of like how the actual plot develops with like the the, the twist and that character and his son. And um, part of me thinks that when you kind of have a twist like that, uh, a really good one. It'll make you kind of rethink the entire game in a positive way. We're like, holy shit, now I want to play this again to kind of like see how it all fits together. Uh, hmm. it, it, and a little bit to a certain extent made me just kind of question like, wait, who is that again? Like I, I, it was a little bit more of a confusing moment than I would have liked it to. And maybe because I was an idiot and wasn't paying attention to how the story was developing as well. But the actual flow of the game, the, the character interaction, the writing, uh, the look of that game. And again, that odd feeling of, it felt like you were really exploring. When I was a kid, there was like this woods in my backyard area. I live in a trailer court, so backyard is not exactly the best way to put it. But in this back area where I would just explore and walk around it. And a lot of that feeling was captured in Firewatch. And even when you're a kid, you're worried, like, not if someone's going to come up on you, but uh, there were bears in my area. So it's always this feeling of, like, is something going to come out? And this game really, really had me on edge, especially when you're in that, uh, you find that equipment in that tent. Um, and you're kind of rifling through all these documents, and you feel like you're rushing through it, I was always worried something was right behind me, even when it wasn't. So there's something about Firewatch that really stuck with me the entire year, and I do think it is one of the best games of the year, even if there were a couple aspects of it that I didn't really like how the story ended. Sure, and if we were doing this, we're not. Uh, it would be nominated for Best Soundtrack of the Year. Oh, 100%. Because it is, it is like... It does that that subtle ambient music, but it does it so effectively and so beautifully that it that it like it really complements as opposed to being like just sparse and uninteresting. And I just I love Firewatch. I love every second of Firewatch. And it's also an industry dominated by mature games that are anything but. Like this is a game that's actually adult. And I really appreciated that they gave me it was what, a thirty eight year old protagonist, roughly, who's yeah wife was uh, being taken care of by her parents because he couldn't deal with the responsibility and he was trying to figure out himself. Um, you don't see that in video games. And, and you know, they, they gave us an adult and they treated us like adults, and I really appreciated that. It's really good. Uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's really, really something. Um, yeah, I think if you guys are all good with this, I think we put that as at least the first of the 10 or the 16 or whatever we're to carry over. So, Tom, how do you feel about yep. nominating one of these games? Uh, sure. So unlike you, I assume, I'm going to start with my game of the year. Oh, boy. Why not? Um, and this is also, this is like a monumental game of the year, because this, uh, this is the first time I've ever chosen a mobile game for my game of the year. Oh, my God. Though, <laughs> though, 80, though 80 days would have been close, this is, this is, the, this is the, the first time. So this is a game that you stumbled over called Imbroglio. And uh, I had no idea what this was before. It's a game made by Michael Bro, B-R-O-U-G-H. Oh. Uh, yeah, that's right. And it is a turn-based roguelike, uh, exclusively on iPhones right now, but maybe it'll be on Android at some point. And 
<laughs> so this game is kind of a masterclass in simplicity, simple game design. So the point is you are on a 16 or 4x4 four four board. So it's 16 squares. And your goal is to get a star, and you move one space at a time, obviously. And then there's enemies that come out of the northwest, southwest, like the corners like that. And you have to fight them on the way. And each space is a weapon. And you have to move in such a way that you can get to the star and still attack the enemies who are vulnerable to different types of weapons. Are you following mm. me? Because it sounds complicated when I'm doing this, but it's basically what they're yeah. vulnerable to is there's enemies who attack with blue who, or attack with red, and you have two health bars, and they're vulnerable to blue or red. And then you have blue or red weapons. Like that's all. That's all it is as far as like the vulnerability stuff. It's not like he's vulnerable to to you know fire and he's ice. Like it's not that complicated. Mm. Um, so I mean, what makes this incredible? I mean, it's a roguelike. So like, there's there's walls that appear to make it so you can't go the path you want necessarily. So it is a game where you have to carefully lay out the board to make sure you're not kind of screwing yourself over by like having one side only be red and then you can't attack a blue guy if he comes there, like that kind of thing. So it's 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 all about smart planning and smart movement. So it's almost got like a chess element where you're planning what you want to do all the time. Uh, and I've mm. never I've never played anything quite like this before. And I, and it's actually it's my favorite game of the year, which is saying a lot because usually Spelunky is my favorite game of the year. But I, I this is, <laughs> wow, Spelunky, Spelunky is my second you know. favorite game of the year. I mean, it's my favorite game of all time still. But this is the game that right, I kind of right. went to this year over and over and over again. And it's and it layers and it starts off relatively simply, like oh I attacked the blue guy with the red. But, like, you have, there's eight different characters, and each of the characters has their own strengths and weaknesses. Like, one guy can knock down walls, but he can only have, he can't have any duplicate of the weapons. Like, that kind of strength and weakness. There's a lot of layered depth there, uh, but it's also simple enough that you can kind of just pick up and play right away. And it, and it kind of, it kind of stunned me how good this game was. And it's, it's one of those things where, like, if I taught a game design class, like this would be something I would use because it's so simple, but there's just so much there, and it just kind of shows what you can do with a good idea and how you can just flesh it out, uh, as opposed to like building stuff around it. It it is it's it's just really deep and interesting. How so I like you, it. How did you find out about it again? I'm actually looking at it on the App Store right now. So there's a dude named Douglas Wilson who you may not be familiar with. He's a developer. He did Sports Friends. Oh, okay, yeah. Um. So yeah, he's he's a smart guy. So he loves Spelunky, and last year he introduced me to like Downwell, which is another awesome roguelike. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, but he was he was tweeting about this forever, and he kept showing like screenshots, and I was like, I literally have no idea what's going on in that screenshot because it kind of looks like hieroglyphics, and I didn't even realize there's a <laughs> character there, like a player character. But then I finally like sunk the two dollars in and bought it myself, and then I was kind of blown away by by just. It's 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 just kind of brilliant. I'm I'm really impressed with it. So yeah, it's my game of the year. <laughs> Man, that went from I've never heard of it to I think I'm about to buy it. I think that's a pretty yeah. good argument to add it to the tentative list. Has anyone else played this? <laughs> nope. uh, no, I'd never I'd never heard of it before. I'd never heard of it before. Uh, Man, it but is. So, I definitely, it looks interesting though. Yeah, you have an uphill battle. I'm definitely going to definitely gonna play this. Uh, be high on the top ten list, but I you're. 
you're actually saying that it is your game of the year over Spelunky makes me think it might be the greatest game of all time. So it is uh... not as good as <laughs> Spelunky, but I mean, it was it was my go-to game this year, which is which is kind of incredible. And still, as I like, I bought there's DLC for like an extra buck that I bought recently, so I'm like learning new characters and new weapons and stuff, and it's so good. All right, I'm probably so, gonna yeah. download this right after the podcast. So again. This is a good way for me to find games that I haven't played. Uh, yeah, I'll add that to the list. That's the second one so far. Uh, Carolyn, I think it's your turn. You should pick okay, a game uh, out of this uh, list. All right. All right. Um, so what do I want to do here? I'm going to... Um, I am going to uh, nominate um, this game, a game called Diaries of a Spaceport Janitor. I really want to know uh, what this is, so I'm excited. It's so good. Um, so Diaries of a Spaceport Janitor is a game in which you play as a a spaceport janitor. Uh, um, so, I mean, okay, let me t- t- try to articulate why I think this game is so is so unique and extraordinary. Like, it, it takes place in a spaceport that you, you know, you, you literally do wander around and you pick up garbage, which you can, like, incinerate for cash or sometimes the things you pick up might have like other uses um you know sometimes one person's trash is another person's treasure or what have you but um like okay the spaceport locale is like it's a locale that we visit in you know in you know we might visit in any number of games right but our perspective you know if we're playing like a ratchet and clank game or something and we go to a we go to a spaceport it's just like um like we don't really consider like, oh, what are the lives like of the people who actually kind of work here, who live here? Um, you know, we're just like gallivanting around the galaxy, having our like adventures and, and, you know, but this game, like, it really puts you in that you're not ever as the character you're playing as like, you're, you're not ever going to have the intergalactic adventures, right? Like Hmm. you're worried about, like, how am I, what am I going to eat? You know, how am I going to, you know, like scrounge together a little bit of money for the thing that I want to buy or need to buy? And, and to me, by, by doing that, by, by making these concerns, like the fundamental concerns that you have as, as the player and the character, but, but doing it in a locale that is so, um, that feels so much like quintessential video game locale, but that we experience from such a different perspective. Um, it, it just kind of, I think, highlights how ga- like games in general are so not concerned je- with issues of like class, of like working, you know, working class experience, you know, yeah. or and um, but you know, and, I, and that may be making it sound kind of like dry. It's not at all like dry or messagey. It's a really colorful game you know the, if anything it's a filthy game it's it's bustling yeah. with life and it's bustle, and exactly yeah the uh, spaceport feels so like grungy and you know like lived in and you know uh, i yeah. uh i i equate it to like rick and morty the video game because mm. here's here's these scenes of like fascinatingly detailed yet like cartoonishly flat like almost like old school doom graphics where like the 2d yeah. kind of turns with you in a, in a still three yeah. environment and yeah uh every creature every character in that game is a little bit different and mm. you you really begin to like kind of create stories in your heads for yeah. like the the dude wearing a cape running in that direction or 
the band of like weird little goblins who are playing this like little kazoo tune uh like a specific day of the week every week and right. uh I, I i did a piece uh about it for vice and i interviewed um two of the developers and i think like it, it's like a developer collective based out of uh actually i think pennsylvania or okay. maybe Massachusetts, and uh, they they had a lot to talk about. You know, like they're they're all college students or recent college graduates, and of course, like uh, that you begin to connect. Like, oh, you know, I I, I really get it. This uh, sense of being stuck in a dead end job while other people yeah. go on to have adventures, and right. uh, you know, some some small minor commentary on uh, you know just the the futility of what is our modern uh, you know capitalist system, mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's inarguably like the cutest the the most entertaining way to kind of make uh, some sort of message about that without getting so dreadfully serious about it all that has a great look to it too i'm looking at it right now like it's it it's fascinating in motion like yeah. it's it's one of the most fascinating yeah. games i've ever seen in motion yeah everything you know it, it ha- everything seems you know alive in some way um as you're playing the game like there's there's just a sense of 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 life and motion to to the places and to the to the to the characters that you that you meet throughout um yeah ships yeah. dot in and out of the sky like buses fly mm-hmm. over your head and honk for you to get out of the way yeah uh, people will like literally steal your money <laughs> man I, how have i never heard of this of you. thing it, it looks really, really cool. This is another one uh, where, as soon as you describe it, I want to play it. So it, it, it is kind of fun. Like the the gameplay loop as well is kind of its own like meta commentary on the futility of working a low wage job because you're right. picking up trash, but like every morning you have to pay your rent, and it's mm-hmm. it's inevitably like always a little higher than you're comfortable with. And buying food like basically uses up the last of your dollar. Like you're left with like a dollar at the end of most like mornings. Uh, so in between picking up trash to make sure you don't, you know, die of starvation or get sick, uh, you're like, you're ostensibly supposed to, you know, kind of go on your own quest, but like quickly that, that quest that you're given is Mm sidelined by all the mundane BS you have to do. Right, right, right. Exactly. And it really, I think, yeah, you totally get the sense like, oh, this is a place that, more privileged people, you know, more privileged yep. uh, space creatures, you know, just pass through. It's not, you know, it's not a, but for me, it is like my world. It is my life. And there isn't some like, oh, you know, it's not the, you know, you can't just work hard and climb the, climb the ladder and get out of the situation that you're in. You know, you are like, yeah, there are, there are, um, uh, social systems that are, you know, that are kind of keeping you, um, in this, in this role. Um, so, but, but, you know, and again, though, every time I say something like that, I feel like, oh my God, I'm making this game sound so heavy. And so like, uh, like some kind of treatise and it's not at all. Like it is a, it, it, at the same time as it, as it's a works as a critique of capitalism. I mean, it also is, I think a very, um, um, you know, it, it's very celebratory of, of the, or, of the, the the value of life of mm-hmm. you know the cut the, the like your character in this is totally a character who would be like an just a an NPC in some game that you know you uh, uh, wouldn't care about at all you wouldn't care about their life their experience but by making you live that experience it really you know it just caused it just 
shifts your perspective and it's like, oh yeah, it kind of encourages me when I go back to some, to other games to like, think about, oh, you know, this bartender in the space bar or whatever, like, okay, in this game, like uh, I'm saying I'm Adam Jensen in some cyberpunk bar, like, and the bartender is, you know, just there to sell me a drink or, or give me some information. But it's like, now I'm like, oh, I want to know what about their life. Like what, you know, what are, what are they struggling under? Like what, what cultural, you know? So it's, yeah. In that sense, it's just a game that really, I think highlights how limited, um, are, you know, mainstream games are in terms of like the kinds of characters they ask us to, the, the kinds of lives they ask us to inhabit and the, the, the relationship those characters have with the worlds that they, that they live in. Yeah, no, I, I'm now interested in this. I'm trying. There's a game I'm trying to think of that this kind of reminds me of. It was during the time when like Papers Please came out, and there was this kind of like I think Empathy Game or something is kind of what it was grouped into. But I cannot <laughs> think of the name. Yeah. But kind of like when you're doing this sort of menial task and having a yeah, you're probably thinking of cart of cart life. That of is cart it. life. That's yeah. what I can think of. Yeah. yeah. Is it anything like that? Yeah. I mean, I know it's like the, yeah. the aesthetic is different because it I is mean, brighter I, in a certain way, but. Yeah, and, and it's not, mechanically, it's not like that at all, because, you know, that game really, Cart Life, which is another game that I that I love, um, really is about making the, you know, it's about making the experience of the work, like, really, like, grueling and repetitive and unpleasant and just making you feel completely overwhelmed. And, and you know, I, I say that um, this is a more, uh, you know, for lack of a better term right now, a more, like, fun game yeah. you know um in a sense um but it but i think that it thematically it has a lot of similar concerns in a way you know yeah, yeah. okay well i'm adding this to the list because you've convinced me and now i'm going to buy that as soon as we're done here so uh that means so far we have firewatch is it imbroglio am i saying that right now I think so. Thought, it is a real word, also, though I don't remember what it. Yeah, means. no, I just always thought the word was pronounced imbroglio, but I could be wrong. Oh, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> oh, <okay>. extremely confused, <laughs> but, but, complicated, or embarrassing situation. Is that what it's called? But, is that what it actually yep. means? But because it's a, but but because it's a roguelike, I bet this in this case it's pronounced imbroglio. Oh, okay, so we have Firewatch, uh, imbroglio, uh, and diary. It is. It looks like it is in, in imbroglio. Yeah, look, just looking it up. There's no g. You don't pronounce the g oh man imbroglio okay, okay. all right. these all these months i've been saying it wrong <laughs> it, it has, can't be nominated anymore uh okay. <laughs> so that's three games joe you are going to be the next person who nominates one of these fine games from this list all right i i'm sure we line up on this josiah but uh-huh. I'll, I'll just be the one to fall on this uh overwatch what? Uh, get out what? of here a big triple uh-huh. a game by a big big developer what yeah. Uh, it's, you know, for all the, the beauty, and I'm sure we'll be talking about much more indie games on here, uh, I, I am fascinated and almost in a sense grateful, um, for the existence of, of Overwatch, because for the first time it's given me a multiplayer shooter, shooter-esque, uh, you know, experience that is, is both a positive experience nine times out of ten, and has actually given me, like, one of my first uh, like major, you know, quote unquote communities of people to play mm. with, which in- includes Josiah and a few other friends. Mm. And I, I am continually amazed that the same team who made World of Warcraft actually managed to turn, you know, assets into a competitive shooter that 
is not only fun, but like laughs in the face of certain trends within the multiplayer shooter uh, genre. If I, I don't know who here has played it, but uh, the fact that the game actively uh, kind of encourages positivity through the use of you know, team communication um, and as well as like post game yeah. um, elements like the uh, victory cards for you know how many of certain uh, objectives. Yeah. Or accomplishments someone got. So even when you like, if you're a player like me who maybe isn't the greatest, but if you do your job well and you get a lot of healing for everybody, it's it's called out. And the there's only room for positivity in Overwatch, and I feel like that's something that's worth spending. Yeah, let me just chime in here. Like um, as you know, I am not a competitive shooter player primarily because uh, I. I mean, I do, I have dabbled, of course, in, in Halo and Call of Duty and whatnot, but, like, I primarily, uh, stay away from them because I am intimidated by the potential for hostility, mm. because I know, like, if I join some team of randoms, you know, if I don't pull my weight, like, I don't want to have everyone, like, just being like, you know, get the fuck out of here, like, you suck, what, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, I, I just feel that pressure. And um, I so I played Overwatch on on PS4 and definitely felt much more welcome and much more uh, comfortable jumping into it. Um, you know, in large part I think because Blizzard had um, really thought about you know uh, uh, cultivating that kind of more more positive community. Now, having said that, just as a question yeah. um, for those for those who play Overwatch who have played it a lot more than I have, like um, so I follow. Um, Kevin Van Ord uh, on Twitter, mm-hmm. um, and you know, and he tweets a lot about Overwatch. Yes, and and uh, often though he'll take these screen caps or whatever, where it's like people are um, kind of pressuring each other or being nasty to each other or complaining with each other about like pick this character or you know whatever, and or or Kevin himself is like expressing this like frustration of like. I, I was on a team and like you know we already had two Reinhards and somebody th- picked another Reinhardt or whatever yeah. you know and and um like that kind of stuff like I don't want to ever have to think about it or deal with it like I just want to play for fun and like sure I hope my team wins but I'm not going to be super competitive about it like um I haven't played Overwatch in a while like is it is that Something that maybe only happens when you start playing in the in the ranked or like the yeah. competitive area. Or like no, it, is it possible to avoid those elements? You Josiah, know? maybe you can answer this yeah, more efficiently question, because I think there's there's two big sides to Overwatch. If you do mm-hmm. like the quick play version where uh, you know you're not gaining or losing competitive points for each game, I do think you can actually just have fun, test out characters, and even when there's an off season in the competitive, that's when I do explore different characters, try to figure out like how do they work in concert with this other type of character. And uh, people, of course, still care about winning, and you know it's it's an online yeah. game. You're gonna find yeah, some, sure, some sure, 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 but that's yeah. where people don't mind as much. You can you can kind of play around with the game. You can just okay. have fun. You can see what works. I mean. As someone who almost exclusively plays competitive now, that is where you need to think about team makeup. That's where, uh, so in, yeah. a, in a, like a Call of Duty game, if you have a weak link in a team deathmatch, it's not great, but it's usually not going to sink you. If you have a weak link in a online competitive Overwatch game, it's probably going to sink you. Uh, yeah. So yeah. that's yeah. where once you feel like, all right, I'm ready to actually do this. I know this character well. You you really do need to think about team composition. You need to sure. uh, be you need to be communicating, and it's I think where some of that positivity comes from, because there's still of course negativity, but 
if you just keep demeaning someone on your team and yelling at them, uh, they're probably going to check out and you're going to lose. So when you're playing Overwatch, you need to actually be like, look, we need to actually do this. I'm not just going to get upset and say, you know, fuck this, fuck you. Uh, you need to try to, like, rally the troops, get back into it. I have put about 250 hours into Overwatch. Okay. Uh, which is the most I've put into the game, <laughs> maybe, in a, like, almost ever. Uh, and I all say, is Roadhog. Uh, yes. Almost all is Roadhog. I have barely scratched the surface of that game, because each character, although yeah. no, they only have a few abilities, there's this level of familiarity you need with them to actually play them effectively in competitive, where I have three characters I feel comfortable with out of, what, like, 20? Or something, mm-hmm. uh, and I feel like I could play that game for another thousand hours and still not know characters extremely well that I uh, really want to learn. Like right now with Roadhog, as Joe mentioned, like it's like second nature to me. Where like all the abilities, mm-hmm. like I'm just I'm on it when I'm in a mode. I like I really feel more comfortable with Overwatch with uh, Roadhog than any other character. And uh, it's I've had some of the highest highs and lowest lows of games with Overwatch, and what it's actually done uh, is it's made me not want to play other games. I feel like I am wasting gaming time when I'm not playing yep. Overwatch. I had to force myself to play Last Guardian. Like, which is oh, come weird. On, play something else for once. Which is a weird thing, but the level of just intensity and tension you get from a really good game of Overwatch, like the the excitement you get from winning one after like you were down two rounds and you come back. It's like, like winning the World Series over and mm-hmm. over and over. It's and literally yeah. the same exact high I got watching the Cubs win the World Series. I'm sorry. <laughs> I hate making this game sound that huge because everyone's talking early in the year about how No Man's Sky was like your forever game. Overwatch is my forever oh. game where I, if I like you threw me on an island with one game and internet connection. Like, I would just keep playing Overwatch. Like, I, again, mm-hmm. I, I'm forcing myself to play other games uh, because I just want to keep playing Overwatch and right. getting better. Yeah. And, like, and I, I have, uh, like like Joe mentioned, you, you get this group together. And I think a lot of online games, you could find a group and you can have fun with them. But, like, this has become a thing where, like, I will stay in on a Friday night instead of going out to a bar or something because I just want to play with these people i really mm-hmm. like and you know figure out new ways to win and uh yeah it's um one it's my favorite game of the year and maybe my favorite game of like, like the last four or five years and on the side of like you know narrative or kind of you know personal reasonings uh to to find like investment in this game because obviously a lot this game doesn't have quite so much a story so much as like you know firewatch is is all about story there there is a level of like you know if you want to commit to the game uh, to the point where, like, you know all the character bios, you know, like, all their background stories, and you've seen their, like, gorgeously animated and, and told, uh, you know, CG short films. Mm. That That is there for you. And you can see, like, I mean, even though, you know, it's a Blizzard game, there's a reason why uh, the fan community is just so... Uh, proactive in creating like artwork and you know shipping characters together like of course part <laughs> yes, part of it yes. part of it's hashtag internet but <laughs> but there but these characters are people I love and want to have a beer with or want to you know like be like wow why are you being such a dick dude come on <laughs> be better or just uh, they they've done a really good job in making me feel invested in characters who like in any other game of course they I probably wouldn't care that much they just be like oh here's here's the quickie time lady yeah Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, yes. Uh, I absolutely think that Overwatch deserves to be, you know, on, on the list of the of 
best games of the year. Um, uh, Tom, you know, do you I'm have not... any opinions on? I feel like I saw you tweeting or something about Overwatch. Yeah, and I know I, I, I was. I guess I was. Time, but... I was a little surprised just because like. It's very Team Fortress 2. Oh, but I hate Team and Fortress 2, and I love Overwatch. It's it's very similar, though. And it's, like, it's, I mean, you know, mechanically in the different roles of the characters yeah. and stuff, like, in, and the objectives of the maps themselves. Um, I, I, like, the thing that really surprised me is, like, Team Fortress 2 was a $10 game that came out uh, 10 years ago. So, I like, I expected something more. Like, because it, it might be really good. But, uh, okay. Really good, but like, well, okay. in 10 years, I expect a little more growth in a genre. So here's my, uh, com- let me offer my completely like layperson's, like, I've played very little of either of these games, or, you know, yeah. response to that is that what are there in, in Team Fortress, there's two, there's five classes or something? I don't know. How many classes are there? Uh, yeah. Something like and, that. And, you know, I, I mean, just immediately, like, I guess, uh, when I was just first approaching Overwatch, and uh, I, I guess I was impressed by how, dear, like, you know, each of the characters that I could play as felt, you know, like, the, the sense of, of being them in the world, moving them around mm. um, in the world felt completely different, as if, like, I had taken control of a protagonist from a completely different, you know, a completely different game. You know, it's like, oh, each of these characters has that distinct, you know, like when you're playing as Master Chief, it's like, okay, I, I feel like a certain whatever, like yeah. a, a, there's this, and it's like, oh, each of these characters actually feels different, and it's, they're so, the number, and, and then given the variety of their abilities, it just struck me like, oh my god, the potential here for interactions, for strategic considerations, for you know, it is, is, um, you know, tremendous. Um, not to mention, um, as Joe was saying, the, the appeal and, you know, the, the, the level of thought that's gone into like giving each of these characters like a, a, a personality that makes them pop, um, at least to me, you know, yeah. more, much more than say, and the whole world really, I mean, the, the maps have, so like little details that just that just indicate like oh this is part of like a larger world which is i mean that's just part of what blizzard does really well and i think that um that anyway i think that those things contribute to make overwatch like um just a a really superior um experience it's, you know um, in a lot of ways instead of like instead of like shooter classes each character feels like it's more like a fighting game where each one has this very specific moveset personality mm. and like i want an individual game of each character i'm so interested in them and i think what I, I it's something i didn't mention earlier that i really really love and it's the small details that make overwatch so amazing but uh the idea of positivity we talked about before what really helps in terms of making you feel like you contribute is um, first off, it doesn't really surface your KD right in your face. It's not constantly telling you you're doing poorly or you're doing well. Like you, you're, It's all about the team and moving the payload and getting it there. But uh, instead of kills, eliminations in the game, uh, assists are compiled into that. So if you damage anyone at all and they die, it's added to your elimination. So it feels like you're doing even more because there's more of these pop-ups saying, like, hey, you helped take out this character instead of like a call of duty thing where it feels like sometimes you get kills stolen which can lead to arguments among team members and this is just so collaborative it's so 
uh, Zarya pop that alt, and then we're going to have Farrah go up and do her alt at that. <laughs> and then the other team pops a defensive alt that cancels yours out. And then a third character comes in with their alt, and it, like, wipes them. And it's just very... Yeah. You need to work together in a way that is uh, unlike almost any other, even team shooter I've played. And yeah, like, each character does feel so unique and so interesting and you need to blend them in a certain way and there's just it feels like there's hundreds of different combinations that work really well together where i'm not an expert on team fortress 2 i can tell you that i have multiple at multiple different uh times tried to get into it and i could just never i could never really find my way into that community and feeling like i was being a a good contributor on a team or nothing about it really interested me and i had no expectations going into overwatch and it has completely overtaken my life in a way that's maybe unhealthy. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I guess for me, it, it's a testament to how much the stuff around the core gameplay can matter because I do feel like Overwatch is so much more approachable as a, you know, as a very novice player who, again, shies away from a lot of these games because I don't want, um, you know, I don't want my KD ratio listed on a screen at the end along with everyone else's where I'm, at the bottom of the list and like, uh, you know, whatever. I just yeah. don't want that. It just, the, the thought that Blizzard put into those things around the game is enough to make a, a significant difference for, you know, for me as a player. Okay. Yeah. I guess, yeah, I was just, I mean, I don't think, I don't think it was bad or anything like that. I was just right. kind of surprised. It didn't, it didn't feel as like, like a market leap that I kind of expected yeah. in the past decade. As soon as you're done with this podcast, we'll all go play Overwatch, and I will explain exactly (laughs) why it is so great. You'll hate me by the end of it, because I'll keep yelling, but it'll be great. Trust me. I'm adding Overwatch to this list. Uh, Mm -hmm. Where do you you play Overwatch? Uh, PS4. So, you know, if you want to join our nightly... I do do have it on the PS4. Oh, man. We could... This is... Okay, after the podcast, we'll talk. This will be great. Uh, <laughs> so I guess it is back to me, even though I also yeah. talked a lot during the Overwatch segment. But um, this one's going to kind of come out of left field. But I I think the new Ratchet and Clank this year is one of the ten best games of the year. Mm. Um, wow! And okay. I know right. it's very okay. strange. So uh, Ratchet and Clank is one of those games that uh, I played a lot when it came out and fell in love with it and played it over and over and over, especially the ones later on, because you can keep leveling up the weapons. So there's like a lot of incentive to keep going, to keep collecting, uh, the currency to keep upgrading your armor and everything like that. And it was a game I played uh, with my siblings, uh, Mm. quite a bit. They would all kind of like gather around and we would keep grinding at certain levels to like make the guns as powerful as possible. Cause later on the guns got like ridiculously like level 99 crazy, but Ratchet and Clank, the original one, was kind of this pure version of that. Uh, and what the new Ratchet and Clank does is it takes that exact same setup, the same story of the first one, um, and it does what almost seems impossible. Like, when you play a favorite game like that, like, if I went and played Jack and Daxter right now, it would be fun, but it would definitely look o- old in certain spots and feel old in certain spots. And what the new Ratchet and Clank does is it makes that game feel even better than what you remember it uh, in a way where mm-hmm. it, it modernizes in a way that it adds. So the first Ratchet and Clank didn't have the level uh, leveling up of the guns and the armor. This one adds that to it. Um, it adds new story beats, uh, new quests within the world that you remember. So you're seeing all these things that yes, nostalgia helps me, but uh, absent of that, this game is great with that. It just enhances it in a way that I didn't expect. I had this odd 
it's not an emotional game, but this emotional feeling like I was, you know, on that PS2 again, playing that game for the first time, um, except it impressed me even more in spots. It, it almost completely locks down that this looks like a Pixar movie, but it's a video game thing that we always talked about, but actually looks mm-hmm. like at this time. It's one of the best looking games I've ever seen. Um, and just throughout, I wanted to keep playing it over and over. I immediately started New Game Plus, which I don't do very often, uh, right after. So yeah, it's just one of those rare, rare, maybe the only game I've played that, uh, I, it feels like I'm going back to a classic and it's just better and even as magical as it was when I first played it. And, uh, it was a surprise for me. Uh, it, yeah. I didn't, it wasn't on my radar. I was like, okay, like I really liked Ratchet and Clank back in the day, but I think I'm done with that. And man, I was wrong. It is something else that uh, just stands out to me as, you know, I love 3D platformers. And I love the specific brand of 3D platformer that Ratchet and Clank is. And there's not a lot of those out there, if none anymore. Uh, and this just felt like a, even if they don't make another one, it was just this good reminder of what those games were, why they're so special. And I really, really like the new Ratchet and Clank. So that is my argument. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if it, if it, you know, um, I played some of it. I know Tom played some of it. I don't know what Tom's feelings are. Um, I did. I was not a big. Uh, I, I didn't spend a lot of time with the original Ratchet and Clank, so I didn't go to this game with that experience mm-hmm. of, um, you know, that kind of nostalgic, um, warm, you know, fuzzy feeling for the for the original. But um, you know, I found it a very enjoyable uh you know game some of the time yeah. um i guess uh i i i guess you know what you know is compelling to me i guess about your argument is the sense that you know that it's not just um you know a kind of it's certainly not just like an hd um you know update to the exact same game but that it it by bringing the game into you know but you know, by adding new elements or kind of things that have become more commonplace in recent years, yeah. but keeping also what made Ratchet and Clank, um, you know, beloved and classic in its time, it it doesn't. It's not just giving you the experience of yeah, this is oh yeah, like the warm fuzzy, the pure nostalgia. Like yeah, this is Ratchet and Clank as I remember it. But it's it's all it's doing something a little more than that and being like elevating the experience a little bit or being like better than what you. Thought you remember yeah, it didn't Ratchet feel like a rehash of that. It felt right, like it, right. again, it felt like I had never played Ratchet and Clank suddenly, and I was experiencing it all again. It's right. like, you, know, you talk yeah, about I think like, that's... Uh, yeah. One of my favorite shows is Mad Men, and I'm watching it again uh, with my older brother. And of course, that's his problems. But like, I it's one of those shows. Where I'm like, man, sure. I wish I could watch that again for the first time. And Ratchet and Clank feels like you're playing something again for the first time, and it's it's really right. it's really amazing in that way. And like, yeah, I could totally understand that. Maybe absent of that, it just feels like a cool 3D platformer or something yeah. like that. But with yeah. that, man, yeah, it, it really hit me in a way that I enjoyed it. I didn't, I didn't think I would enjoy it as much as I did. Uh, Tom, did you get a chance to play all the way through it or just pieces of parts? Do you want to hear a complaint about that game that you've never thought of before and <laughs> sounds insane? Okay, sure. Uh, they, they, <laughs> they took out the control option that I used where you jump in, in with the R1 and shoot with the L, L1. Which sounds like a weird because you jump with the X <laughs> yeah, button, yeah. Which is so it's impossible to jump and turn and use the right stick at the same time. Mm. Um, I don't know why they did that. They it's, did that from um, God. What was the one into the Nexus? Was the first time that they did that? Oh yeah, 
Oh, uh, I didn't what was the other that, complaint? Oh, the other complaint I had is this game ain't a plant platformer, Josiah. I mean, okay, okay, it's not. <laughs> this game is like, a shooter. <laughs> okay, but like, it's not really a shooter though. Like, it, it's it's a it weird is. blend of things. It's not in a it's traditional a sense. Like, it doesn't feel the same as like a normal third person over the shoulder shooter, something like that. You can go into kind you of. Why that... why it doesn't feel the same? Why is that? Because it's significantly better. Okay, so wait, is this, is this an argument for it? Well, I'm just argument. no. I was correcting you. Well, I I actually don't think I would put it in the top ten, but I love it, and I played through New Game Plus. Um, I love it. I think it's. I think it. I, and when you say it's the most gorgeous game, period. Yeah. You're not. You're not overstating how good this game looks. It looks so good. Like I it's it it as good as the game. Yet, can look. Yeah, and it plays as good as the game can play. Um, I didn't play the original Ratchet Clank. I started with doing Commando, so I didn't have any nostalgia vibe to it. But it's mm. it's just like playing Ratchet and Clank is going back to home. Yeah, because it except except for that control tweak, which is so hard for me to <laughs> yeah, get over. Like, I don't a play new Ratchet area rug, like but it's still home, is what you're saying. Like that. One yeah, control yeah, scheme exactly. Kind of no, I mean, I I I love Ratchet. Um, so you know, I mean, I don't mind putting it on the top sixteen. I probably wouldn't put it there just because it's kind of. I mean, it's extremely derivative. Yeah, ex- I mean, that's the one <laughs> thing that I think would keep it from a top ten is that it, it is Ratchet and Clank one, but way yeah. better. Uh, but it still follows mm. that exact same kind of outline. Uh, but I, I had a feeling I would have some support from you, you being a rare person, and I know it's like not a platformer, but I thought maybe mascot thing would somehow connect with you. Oh, yeah. Well, this is this. I mean, I always say this. I mean, this is a rare game. This is um, Jeff Force Gemini. If if Jeff Force Gemini was good. I, I, Jet Force so Gemini is well. It was good back in the day for me, but I played it recently, yeah. and that was one of those games where I was like, "Holy shit, was I wrong?" So yeah, there's another thing. Yeah, no, that, like that's one of the, yeah, that's a, yeah. Thanks, Rare Replay, for well, showing us that we can't really go back to some of those shit. some you of those not games. Go back to Jet Force Gemini. <laughs> that yeah. game is yeah. so rough. Even though I don't know, maybe we should add Jet Force Gemini to our top sixteen. We can Possibly. at least discuss it. Uh, Possibly. All right, I'll, I'll at least add to this list for now, so it's at least in the top 16, and we'll discuss yeah. Yeah. its relevance to the top 10 afterward. Uh, Tom, what is your next game? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the one nobody knows. Hidden, hidden My Game by Mom. Um, um, so this, is, this is game is free, by the way. And not free to play. It. It's actually free, which is crazy. So it's an iPhone game. Man, I'm not... I'm, I'm not this is the only other iPhone game I'm going to do, by the way. <laughs> Are you sure? Uh it's so hard to explain why this game is brilliant. So it is, it is, an, it is a puzzle game, I guess you could say. The, the concept is, I guess you're a little boy. They don't, you don't necessarily see yourself when you're playing, but you're a boy and your mom took your, it looks like Nintendo DS. She took your game and she hid in it. <laughs> so you're in a room and you have to find it. Um, and it's, it starts out relatively normal where it's just like, you know, you you find a bat in a room, and then you use that bat on a crack in the wall, and then it's there. But like the reason that this game is so good, uh, and everybody needs to play because it's it's free, uh, is it's absurd. It is so absurd. Um, like it's the kind of thing where like in in one level you'll you'll open up a fridge and there'll be fruit inside, and you're like, okay, I'm gonna pick up fruit, and then you don't know what to do with the fruit because it's just an empty room. And then eventually you like, I'll just try to see what happens if I put it in the room. So you put like an apple on the on the ground, and then uh, giraffe will come and put, lower its head and eat the eat the fruits. And then like, if you do it like a second time, the 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 game is on it on the on the giraffe's head, and the third time the mom is on, it and you lose because the mom found you. 
and you lose that level and you have to play it over again. So it's like it's like that kind of ridiculousness yeah. where you're just like you never know what's going to happen and that's what makes it so fun. Like there's like one time you'll do three card Monty and a guy will be will have like uh you know the system in one of like three balls that he's moving on a table or three hats. And like the answer the first time is it's actually under his hat on his head and it's like oh that's funny. Um Oh, I should probably mention. Pretend I didn't tell that story. There is an ad at the top of the screen usually, and they had you know the ad mm-hmm. is for like buy buy vacuum cleaner or whatever. It's a real ad because it's a free game. But like when you're doing the second time three card Monty, uh, and you're like, mm-hmm. well, is it under his hat again? And it's not under his hat, and it's, it's under the left one. No, it's actually in the ad at the top of the screen, <laughs> which is really cool. And it's just I don't know, like it's it's. It's a hard game to really sell because it's so based on your expectation is X and it does jelly bean. And I love <laughs> like that kind of craziness where you're like, I don't know why this is, this is funny. I don't know why they thought of this, but I'm laughing and enjoying it and I love it. Did you know there is um, a hidden my game by mom too? So the other day I was playing this to refresh myself on, I think it was January 5th. Um, and I saw, like, because there's, like, ads for other games this guy has made at the bottom of the screen. And I clicked on one that looked like the same thing. And then it, ca- it came up with the sequel, which I didn't realize just came out two days ago or three days ago. Uh, and then I, t- I texted my buddy Nick Sutner, who, I mean, he used to work at 1UP. And I'm sure a lot of people know who Nick is. But this is his favorite game of the year. And he, he kind of freaked out on Twitter. If you want to go back and look at him scream in all caps. <laughs> He like saw La La Land, his favorite movie, and then I text him about a sequel to his favorite game, and he couldn't really comprehend how good life was. It's yeah, just that the moment. best start to 2017 <laughs> possible. It's just it's a game that's just so fun and so goofy and so enjoyable, and it just like makes me happy about life. Like that's kind of all it is. Got that? Yeah. So, I mean, a game yeah. that makes you happy about life is hard to deny as being yeah, worthwhile. Yeah. Uh, and it's one of those things if it doesn't make the final cut, I, I think everyone just needs to play it because it's just goofy and absurdist. Yeah, I'm that, totally that's fine good. putting it on mm-hmm. the top 16 if we will argue about like top 10 later. <laughs> it's just, it's it is just, something. It's it's very, very different from Doom. <laughs> Are you sure? Like, <laughs> the, I don't know. <laughs> Doom in this game, I think the most analogous. Like, if... <laughs> If Frog Fractions 2 wasn't already out, this would kind of be in, like, maybe Frog this Fractions Frog 2 Fractions. is hidden in there. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I haven't actually played that, which I is know, bad. I really want to, because yeah, I love that either. first one. But... Yeah. All right, I'm going to put yeah. that on the list. Uh, Carolyn, yeah. that's what you have to follow up on. What is the next game you want to play on uh, here? Oh, boy. All right, decisions, decisions. Um, okay. Um, hmm. Okay, I'm going to try to make... I guess I'm going to talk about... Quadrilateral Cowboy. For some reason, I thought you were going to do this, and so I have no interest in this game, and wow me, is what I'm saying. Why should I go by and play this game? <laughs> Whoa! Wow, oh, come I, on! I think this game That's looks good. dull, and I am so oh. not into it, and th- okay. that is where we're starting at. I'm warning you now. All right. Okay, no pressure. <laughs> uh, so, all right, well, let me just give a little bit of background. Um, uh, the, so this is Blendo Games. Um, latest release, Quadrilateral Cowboy. Um, their previous game was, uh, the, the previous release from them is called 30 Flights of Loving. Uh, 30 Flights of Loving is a game you can play in like, you know, eight minutes, maybe. It is a, it is a, a rapid fire, just in my opinion, extremely bold, audacious, like, 
thrilling, just, just, uh, you know, like little burst of narrative um, that like really t rapidly kind of tells this story of these three criminals who have this, you know, allegiance, they're math, they're each, you know, the special specialists in three different areas. And, you know, on a job, uh, just for reasons I won't go into, like everything falls apart in their alliance and you kind of just play through this. And it's what I loved about it is that it's it's structurally audacious, like it uses it's 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 com confident enough to like disorient you um, yeah. in, in terms of like where you are in the narrative. It uses smash cuts to like. But if you play it and you really pay attention, like you come away with a. Um, like a real sense of of what happened and it's just a in my opinion it's a really powerful very short game i love that um, thing by the way just i, I oh, really like 30 flights love and i think it's oh, one it, there's nothing really like wait. it and yeah, yeah bold is a good word of just like yeah. it just goes for it yeah wait you you like yep. 30 flights yep. but you're not interested in quadrilateral uh, i know How? The, the way oh, that, okay uh, hold on I think quad all right let's just plays <laughs> quad <cow. laughs> oh no <laughs> It's such so, an easy way to say it. Yeah. So, okay. I go, Quadrilateral Cowboy um, is similarly concerned with three people uh, who are uh, uh, working together. They are a team, um, uh, you know, engaged in an enterprise of, as I like to say, dubious legality. Like, like but, so, you know, you have the three master criminals of 30 flights. Here you have three women who are, like, they have created a company who, you know, um, basically, like, I mean, you, yeah, you plot uh, uh, infiltrations, heists, you know, mm -hmm. you, you, you have these jobs to do where you go in and get, uh, you have to download somebody's memories right from their brain, or you have to get a safe out of, a, you know, a, like a really well-protected uh, uh, kind of, I don't know, bank structure or whatever. Um, God, it's, what do I even focus on to try to communicate what it is about this game that makes me love it so much? Um, I mean, first of all, I, I think that the heists themselves are wonderfully enjoyable because, in part because, I mean, okay, there's a real whimsy to the Blendoverse and to the, you know, the gadgets that you acquire in this game. Like, you get, um, launchers that send you, you know, flying through the air, uh, you know, like uh, uh, hundreds of feet, you know, and or or, you know, you get g guns that you you have to bust out your like deck and program them remotely to like aim and turn and shoot. And so something about the gadgets themselves m makes me feel extremely like skillful at the job. Like, OK, I'm doing the labor of the thing. It's not like a lot of games. It's like you just hold B to use the gadget or yeah. whatever. This game, like, you actually have to, you know, you actually have to kind of use the gadget in, like, a real hands-on way, which makes me feel more like, oh, I really am this specialist. I really am this, like, skilled operative, you know, doing this work of, of you know, breaking into this, uh, this high-security environment and doing this thing. And, um... You know, the locales that you uh, visit um, have, they evoke, like, you know, uh, great locations or great scenarios of, like, heists that you might see in movies, you know. But, so, oh, like, you have, one is, like, 
you know, you're stealing something from like a moving vehicle, you know, as it's like moving or, um, you know, the classic kind of, yeah, like bank heist or whatever. But it also because it's the Blendoverse, um, it's it's, you know, everything is it's it's reminiscent of, oh, these great scenarios like, oh, that we might see in a heist film. But it has that um, again, that kind of whimsy to it that like. It's, it's this other world that we can sort of understand, but is also like, like it just different enough to be like fascinating and intriguing. Um, like you live, you know, where you and your partners live seems to be this, this place. It's, it's like a, the equivalent, I would say, of like a trailer park or something, but the trucks are, the vehicles are all like stacked on top of each other vertically in this like bizarre way that just like, you know, makes you feel like, okay, this is a distinctive world that operates like on its own rules and its own like principles. And yet, um, and yet there's so much that's recognizable about again. And I guess this kind of in some ways goes back to what I was saying about Diaries of a Spaceport Janitor is like, there's, it's, there's so much that's recognizable about the lives of these characters, like in between the heists themselves, which I find really, again, really enjoyable, um, are moments of real like, kind of mundanity like you you car you pick up your partner and you carpool with them into the office or um you know you um or you might you know one moment is just like you and your and your colleagues like playing badminton on the roof at uh, of your of your warehouse of your workshop like at sunset and um and i guess like there's such a specificity to this game. Like there are photos that you see on the walls um, of the, the places that you work. And, you know, you, I guess what it is, this is a game that, okay, it's really about time in a sense. Like the, the first heist starts at the beginning of a new year. You're on a train that says like happy new year on it. I think old Lang Syne is playing and, you know, without giving too much away, like, in the end, it does things that, at least for me, really effectively create this sense of friendship and connections between these three women who work together yeah. that have endured through the, you know, through the years, like, and, like, a, a sense of, like, true friendship and, and, um, and, yeah, like, uh, of just being colleagues and and friends and you know like lending meaning to each other's lives and um uh mm, i don't know <laughs> it's yeah i guess does, i guess i'll i'll wrap there does and again i have not played through the entirety of this game just pieces and parts mm-hmm. does the coding part of it of like opening doors and stuff and putting in commands ever get fun or not annoying like that aspect <laughs> of it was like an immediate. What I really liked about Thirty Flights of Loving, what it, like as we talked about, was just like this yeah. quick story. This is kind of like direct line, right. directly into your veins. Of yeah. like, this is this game, the style, everything's just hitting you, hitting you, hitting yeah. you. And when I started playing Quadrilateral Cowboy, I liked the look of it. I liked the idea of it. I liked kind of where it was going. But every time I actually yeah. had to play the game, I was like, I don't want to do right. this. And that's where I started. Yeah, I, I guess that's you know, I guess that's uh, you know, again for me, like I. Even though I sometimes found it frustrating, um, there were there were jobs where I I would get frustrated 
uh, with like, oh, okay, taking out the deck, aiming the, the, the rifle, you know, the remote rifle precisely, you know, s setting up all these commands and everything. Um, actually, I came to like appreciate personally that the game expects me to do that and makes me do it because it, because again, like that made me feel much more invested in the actual labor like that these women are doing like yeah. they, this is like okay this is a a job that these women do and where most games would try to you know minimize that and just make it as seamless and you know like oh you know um, like press square yeah, to open like, door instead of yeah like and, your, and your character no and, and because your character knows how to do the thing like just hold x to and and you see some animation of your character using the gadget or whatever like no 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 it's actually me, the player, who is setting all this stuff up, who is making all this stuff happen, you know, in the world. And if I do it wrong, it's not going to work. It's going to, the heist is going to fail and I'm going to have to do it again. Like, it gave me this real hands-on, um, again, just this, yeah, this feeling of of, of being really uh, in, uh, invested in the labor that, yeah. these, that these women are doing. And so... Um, yeah, again, like, I wouldn't necessarily say that it's, um, the most consistent, consistently fun game, but it was, for me, the, the most, like, involving, um, game of the year, uh, it, um, because, I guess, because I felt such, I felt like the narrative elements and mm. the, kind of, the more, um, gamey, like, you know, high scenario elements just, meshed together so well um to really make me feel like invested in in these characters uh lives yeah so. and i think that's a good argument for it i guess what i always come down to is i like it in theory i guess in practice i just don't enjoy actually playing through it like i, I think i'd rather watch someone play quad cow as i will continue to call it than actually play it myself uh, yeah so for me um i don't like fiddly stuff that's a nice way to say things, right? <laughs> I don't like fiddly stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. But I think, but for me, the strength of the game is the fiddly stuff. Like, I've never had that, like, you have to do literally everything. Like, when you're looking through a scope, I'm, I haven't played this game since the week it came out, so you have to forgive me. So I remember, like, having to look through, like, a telescopic lens or something like that and have to put in the coordinates... And right. like, and when I mean the coordinates, I'm talking about like 32.3. And then I look through and say, no, it's probably 32.28, yeah. which sounds right. like the worst thing ever. <laughs> and I, Josiah just like threw up in his mouth. No, I just that's what made me really like. That's actually what made me really like the game, which was which was surprising for me because I don't usually like stuff like that. But I really loved like how hands on it was. Like, it was ex excruciatingly so hands-on. So when I, like, passed the level, it felt really yeah. good. Yeah. Because I, I, like, not only had to figure out what to do, which was hard because I'm not, like, that's not how my mind works with that stuff. But, like, doing the, the minutia was, was satisfying in a way that I wouldn't expect. And, and, and I, it also is one of those games, um, just, sorry, just quickly, like, it's also one of those games that I really noticed myself there was something rewarding about how I really noticed myself getting better with a gadget or getting better at something as I did oh, yeah. it so that a heist, you know, that like the first time I try it, you know, I might spend just eight or 10 minutes fumbling around and fucking everything up. And 
ultimately like I get into myself into a situation where like I feel like, oh, I don't even know how to get out of this. I'm just going to restart. By the time I actually succeed at the heist, you know, I have it like down to like two, you know, two minutes. I'm like in and out of there like like a pro, you know. Um, so that, you know, that feeling of of developing that kind of expertise and becoming much more skillful at a yeah. game is also, you know, something that I really appreciated about the experience. Yeah. I, I know that when we did, because we did a whole podcast about this, I said it was easy. I think that's like a really smart way to design this game. Cause it did take me a while to figure out what to do, but when you actually do it, yeah. this game is super easy. So it almost like, it's almost the best of both yeah. worlds. Cause it says, we're going to make you do a lot of fiddly stuff, but we're not going to make it too complicated. Mm. So once you actually, because mm-hmm. you only like do like one or two fiddly things, maybe, maybe in a level. Like yeah. I, th- yeah, the thing that's weird for me because I really, I really enjoy this game, but it was only the gameplay that I really loved. It wasn't the other stuff that grabbed me as much as it did you. Oh, wow. I kind of wish mm-hmm. that I had the same. So we're almost two different angles <laughs> with this. But yeah, we're like liking three. It. I, I think. Right. I, 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 yeah, there's like all over the place with this. Uh, yeah, I, but it's it's got one of the best uh, names of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Which is important, right? Yeah, I think that's at least fifty percent of this, right? Like that's how this works. Uh, I mean, it's I, like this and that, that dragon cancer, and uh, like you know, those are those oh, some good names. I, I don't know. Hidden yeah. my game by mom might actually win this out. If we're <laughs> that, yeah, I have metric. to give that the best really? game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't want to make your what about greater for that game, but what about Titanfall Two? It's pretty I'm, good. Um, there are two titans falling, so that's a pretty Titan good fall. name. Uh, I you 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 convinced me, Carolyn, that this should at least go to the top of sixteen. Because uh, I mean, a lot of my complaints right. are like early stuff that just bugged me and threw me off. That it maybe if I was you know would have I mean, stuck with it, to, I could you, find. You go to value. shops. You go to shops to get new gear to pull off heists, and the the shops are run by cats. I yes. mean. Oh, mic God. mic drop. Why okay, did you boom. Say that? What more? Like, all you I know. Like, I should have just put it in my whole my whole year. argument. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, I've added it to the list. We'll cool. continue to have this discussion as we uh, will that down. No problem. Uh, yeah. Joe, do you have another yeah. game that you would like to nominate? <laughs> I feel like I'm going to be the guy falling on his triple A sword all day. But <laughs> as much as I like, I love indie games. I've actually made most of my money off of them. But my next nominee would have to be uh, probably Uncharted Four. A Thief's End. Oh, um, I don't know discussion. if anyone here has played it, but uh, so obviously oh, yeah. on yeah, we all played it. Yeah. Uh, so like on the surface level, of course, you know you you can make all the points about it. it's a beautiful game. It's really well designed. It, it's mechanically sound in every single way possible that you know makes other games like Last Guardian look like hot tire fires in terms of like you know just moving. Uh, but I really feel like this isn't Uncharted Four. This is Uncharted as presented by. Uh, the Last of Us developers. Um, I their names escape me, but the two major names attached to Neil, the Last Neil of Druckmann Us, and Neil Bruce, Druckmann and, and Bruce, Bruce, Straley. Bruce Straley. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this really feels like a game that was crafted by their hand, and and not that I am like you know trying to besmirch uh, Amy Hennig's good name. She did some great work with one through three. You know, they're they're obvious classics for a reason. Uh, but this game dared to look at well, itself. To, much to, more... Let's go back. Let's go back. Sorry. To Uncharted 2 is a classic yeah, for obvious reasons. 1 and 3. 1 and 3 are... are 3 is good, are, not a classic. Are, but I'm kidding. Whatever. Anyway, sure. anyway. I'm, I'm just I'm just joking. I, go I ahead. Concur. Go ahead. Um, okay. I, I... Uncharted 4, like, it, it, its pace is almost lackadaisical at times. Uh, it, it it dares to say, like, no, we don't, we don't need to be doing action beats every single second and i 
I found myself caring more in this one game, even about the brother, Sam, uh, than I did about uh, any character throughout 1 and 3. Like, they toyed with it a little bit in 3 by, you know, kind of teasing, uh, you know, is Sully going to die and, like, kind of what what's his relationship, uh, relationship with Nate. Uh, but here it was it was all going for it in such a beautiful fashion and really looking at like how Nate as a character had like almost ruined his life and ruined the lives of others uh, in in his action hero pursuits. And mm-hmm. the fact that the game ends with uh, a very modest kind of life for everybody involved, it's it's I feel like narratively it's it's one of the highest achievements of 2016. I don't know, how, how do you guys feel about it? Like, well, yeah, there's a lot of feelings on this one because, like, <laughs> yeah, I am I mean, mostly okay. on your side, Joe, in a lot of ways where I do think narratively it's it's very strong. I think that I really like that epilogue in a way that, like, it just makes me happy, um, which... I literally you know, gasped when, uh, like, the camera... It sounds like someone is just holding something in that they're about to say about that epilogue. Was that you, Tom, or was that someone else? Someone's laughing. Uh, I You can keep talking. No, no, no I want to hear this because, like... <laughs> Uncharted Maybe an element of it is like wish fulfillment, but yeah, because like know. it's a little Uncharted Two is so one of the best games of all time, and like I really like Uncharted Four, but there's aspects of it that I'm not entirely sure I like, and I want to hear someone's negative argument against it. I actually don't have a positive argument to say. Okay, about all this. right, all right, let's hear it. I I did I did give Uncharted Two a nine point five, but I I I think this game is uh not good. <laughs> I, I just if you're talking thing, about like, I heard a lot of people say that, and I guess I've never heard like a really convincing like explanation of why it's not good. So one of the so when you're talking about narrative, there's like two major problems with the narrative. One of them is there's a scene early. I think it's where they're playing Crash Bandicoot. Yeah. And Nate's like, my life sucks. And his wife's like, you should do adventuring. And he's like, nah, I'm gonna keep doing my my crappy job. And then he goes adventures and lies to his wife, which doesn't make any sense. And like, there's a conflict that's created there for him not telling his wife. I don't remember her, like, at least at that moment, actively encouraging him to pursue the... You know, she like, wanted the, him to go to Malaysia she, to do... She wanted him to do, yeah, the Malaysia job. To do, yeah, a legal, yeah. to do a legal job, though. Yes. Like, to do an illegal job well, of the world no, to, that he didn't have permit for that would be risky and dangerous. That's no, what she he, wanted him to do. Well, she didn't he, know it was a. Le- she didn't know. I, I'm trying to remember because, like, there was an issue about like the paperwork, and I don't know. Yeah, I, I wasn't she, sure if it was established that it was illegal, but you are right that she does want him to go adventuring after. Yeah, he tells her about. She tells her about a Malaysia job, which is like his front for, you know, hanging out with Sam, and she's well, like, "Oh, it sounds cool. You should go do that. Go, go enjoy was- yourself and have a nice time. It's legal. It's it's not sketchy pirate work." Uh, so she was she was urging him to go out and do something more, but then when he did it, he like felt he had to lie to her. And then when they reunite, there's not actually a conflict there, which is super weird. Well, what? No, that's what? No. What do you mean? No. The conflict there's was that he lied to her as opposed to him doing like adventure oh. stuff. That that's mostly true. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I fe- I did feel like I, I did feel like okay. no, see, that's, I did that's feel like it was like, weird that. That sorry, that's the beauty I mean, of it though, is because Elena herself like has a a bone to pick up with it with adventuring. She's she's got that adventuring bone in her, and it's 
she you're right she's not upset that like he went and did a thing she's upset that like he lied to her about yeah. it and that like she he he endangered like their mutual agreement to like always be there for each other during these times when they know like you know adventure will happen and like we'll need to be there to catch each other from falling off of a cliff and everything's going to be okay as long as we're both there and i thought that that was kind of sweet and touching and like they in that specific moment like when she comes back to the to the island and they're trying to find um sam uh when it's just the two of them the fact that like it, it wasn't solved in one conversation it took a yeah. admittedly a pretty long time like and elena understandably and beautifully enough uh was like hey you know what shove off for five seconds i need like a minute to breathe before we can even begin to touch on this and it it climaxes in a pretty like one or two moments where uh the the dinner table scene where nate realizes like oh shit if i continue like this i will end up a dead pirate skeleton uh, and everyone I love will probably end up that way too. And then, like, right when, uh, you think Elena's gonna die, it's, it's this moment of like, oh shit, what, what could I have lost? And yes, maybe that's an element of wish fulfillment. Like, would it have been stronger if Sam or Elena or Sully died or something like, or Nate died? But I, I don't think you can say that, like, there, it's not, like, coherent or, or, like, at least semi-meaningful, right? I, I guess, uh, well, yeah, for, okay, I, so for I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, Go Kara, I mean for me, uh, okay, so uh, to me, like, there's, there's, you know, two aspects to the story of this game. And, like, I, f- I feel like in little moments, it, it works, like, incredibly well. I, I mean, when, when, you know, when Nate and Elena are sitting on the couch at home at the beginning mm-hmm. and just having a conversation, like... Um, that conversation, the facial expressions, the, 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 the writing of the dialogue between them where she's like writing her article, you know, and I mean, all those things, they feel to me like so natural and so believable. And, you know, that I, I, I mean, I feel, um, it's, it's some of the best kind of, you know, character beat moments, um, that, uh, you know, I've ever seen in a game. And, and again, like later when they're, on the island together and the, you know, the tell death do us part segment where like they, they, yeah, they're having that conversation and they can't figure everything out in that moment. Um, and, um, and you know, so there's, and then there's just the weight of silence kind of descends and you have that period where you're just driving and the music kind of swells up and you mm-hmm. kind of feel like the, you're at the crossroads in their relationship and are they yeah. going to come to some understanding? But I mean, like as much as I admire those little those little moments, um, and I admire them a great deal, um, I, I I still I did feel like the story manufactured you know um, the the conflict between them in the sense that like uh, like I didn't understand why Nate didn't you know trust Elena more you know it, given that she did seem to be more like. Uh, encouraging and supportive. So there were aspects of the of it that's that did feel like just kind of to me like uh yeah, just manufactured or like okay, it sets up this story beat and the story beat itself is great, but I don't know, I have my issues with the larger narrative. And you know, I, I love, love, love the ep the uh, epilogue. Um I think it's beautiful. Um I don't you know I don't think that you can have a game like to me personally, I just I, I don't think you can have a game that works as I think it wants to be this thing where we realize in the end, oh, Nate's kind of 
grown up, this was like his his real experience of like of like d- deciding what's like fundamentally like most important to him. It's Elena. It's his family, and settling into that you know that kind of. I mean, more they're filthy rich. Obviously, they live on a fucking whatever. They have an amazing <laughs> life, but you know, like a more quote unquote modest life. But you know, it's a game in which like all of the thrills, all of the fun, you know, is that we, the player, experience are is in like uh, killing, killing hundreds, killing hundreds of people, and like having this like adventure. And like, so what is our experience as the player really? In the end, it, you know, I think the game is still. I think that the message uh, ultimately, you know, kind of, or the theme, the the place that it wants us to end at clashes entirely with the, just the inherent built-in gameplay structure of a AAA action game where we're supposed to, like, look, you know, like, okay, for me, the the best illustration of this is, like, there's a moment at the very end, or toward the very end, where, you know, Nate doesn't want to go do doesn't want to go after his brother or whatever mm. um and you know it's supposed to be like oh that defines that you know that shows that he's matured and he's like he's learned not to risk not to be so reckless with his life and like everything but of course we as the player are like i think we're 100 percent like no go you have to go do the thing you have to go keep you know because that's like that's where the gameplay is and that's where the fun is so yeah. You know, I just feel like there's that internal uh, uh, sort of dis- disharmony. Um, having dissonance, s- yeah, yeah. Dissonance, yeah. Having said all of that, um, you know, uh, uh, I, I do th- the things that I think are good about this game. Um, I think are are very good, um, and you know, so um, yeah, like. Uh, I think there's a lot to admire. I so what do you think is like really quickly just checkpoint like what's good about this game? The uh, the narr- I I well I mean I would say the surface level stuff is all there of course like it it feels really great they've they did manage to kind of uh, I don't I don't know if bulk up is the right word I would use but the the combat feels more impressive than, than any than, than any other of the past three, right? Yeah. So we can, I think, we can all safely agree on that. I actually, but, I actually think it's significantly worse than what it, what it was in three. Really? <laughs> yeah. So a lot of that is the level design. The level design almost forces you to play this like gears a lot. It doesn't give you the freedom and flexibility where you can run around in open space. Like I don't know if we're gonna talk about this, uh, but Titanfall two is from a gameplay perspective a better version of Uncharted four. Because huh. because uh, Titanfall two puts you in like a room, a huge room with tons of ledges and tons of stuff, and like it says like do what you want, and that's what I loved about Uncharted three. Is it is it um it like puts you in a place and just let you have fun and experiment and be creative, and you would have like watching me play and watching someone else play would be completely different based on our personalities basically. That's Whereas like strange. Uncharted Four was really limiting in that way where I felt like and I played with a buddy, like my friend and I played through the whole game together. Like we we kind of played exactly like each other because it wasn't a lot of flexibility in what to actually do. It was a lot of like first you're gonna crouch down here and shoot those two guys and then you're gonna run over there and kill some other people. But it felt very by the numbers. Which is disappointing because I felt like they really nailed that in three. In sections, there was definitely more open than the game has ever been in my mind, where you can actually kind of climb around people and even avoid some combat scenarios. And the stealth isn't fantastic. 
there were definitely the the Gears of War moments where you felt like, all right, I, there's about one way to do this, and I just needed crouch, shoot, crouch, shoot, punch, mm-hmm. move forward. But there were definitely sections later on where you're swinging by certain areas and climbing on certain walls, and you can really get around people if you want to. Uh, and I'm not ever really going to go to bat for Uncharted's combat, because I think this game, even though it, it was smoother in certain ways in terms of like the actual shooting and melee, I, I think the best aspects of Uncharted are... Um, the big crazy moments where you're not really controlling it as much or you're not really looking down the mm-hmm. sights and shooting. Like when things are blowing up around you and you're running and there's there's some control, that's a lot of fun. But when you're just like popping up and shooting and punching people and trying to uh climb you know, find the next handhold, that's when I'm starting to check out. And but you don't even, like... you don't even have to play like that if you don't want. The, the game gives you that option to like it, it does I mean there are certain you know story beats where yes you have to like the the prison break with Sam is very gears of war, right? I'll I'll concede that. Yeah. But uh especially like the latter half on the islands, uh it, it again, yeah, you can skirt by or you can play it much more stealthily or much more deliberately than pop shoot, pop shoot. But I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not here to fight about the combat. I would much rather fight about the story than anything else, because I do feel... I, I I left with that warm, fuzzy sense of not even wish fulfillment, but just like yeah. I, I'm, oh, glad I that, I'm glad that like happiness was found in a pretty honest and not bullshit way. I guess, I mean, to me, uh, uh, I mean, the thing, I guess for me, I at the end of the game, I totally had that happy feeling. I just... But I... But I I'm critical of the way the game gave me that feeling. It's like, yes, the game totally delivered like that, I think, you know, fairly conventional narrative of the reckless hero who like decides that family is like really what's important and like, isn't that sweet and heartwarming? And it's like, like, and yes, like my heart is warmed, uh, totally. Uh, but I, I, I think, you know, when I interrogate that, I, I, I feel like, you know, I don't. I don't think that. Uh, yeah, I mean, in much the same way that like Armageddon uh, by you know Michael Bay's Armageddon made me cry in the end. But I felt. But when I look back at that film, I'm like, it is totally like manipulative bullshit <laughs> yeah, that that, that got that, that got that got me to the to that point. Like, you know, I just I, I don't think that just because it produced that result in me that like it was. Uh, Good, I guess. It's, you know, well, narratively. Yeah, like, but, like the result of like heartwarming and this person finding out that family is most important is like leaving this trail of hundreds of bodies on the way. I mean, there's yeah, this weird yeah, nature yeah. with that. That like it is yeah. because Uncharted Four gets so close and, to like you really believing these are real people. Uh, is when yeah. that actual the stark difference between what you're doing and what the result is kind of comes yeah. into play. Where and, you're by the end, you're like, man. Like, these quiet moments are great and amazing, and you, you really start caring for these characters, but I just shot, like, 3,000 people. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, uh, but again, like, I'm on, I, my feeling is that, is that it's so, even though I fundamentally take issue with a lot of what it does, um, I think that it's so, it's like, I'm very torn, because I do think, as I said, that it's so well-crafted in doing that, um, you know the the writing the uh the the interactions between the characters have a weight and a believability to them that for me was very uh was very um involving and so like i can't deny that i think that the craft and the skill involved in in telling that story is uh tremendous and so like i'm you know i think i think enough of us are are willing to 
Yeah. Uh, Tom may be the outlier here, you know, to at least put this game in, in the, in contention. I like um, that game a lot. I, I like yeah, it's, 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 it's not my personal game of the year, but it's, it's certainly like top, you know, personal five-ish for me. And, and I think it's more of a call out, you know, uh, kind of situation for me because I, this was the most satisfied I'd ever felt, maybe except for at, by the end of, you know, Uncharted 2 because that was, that was an achievement yeah. in so many things. Sure. I, I just, I just don't, I think that that's, you know, that's legitimate. Um, I just don't always think that something being satisfying e- equals it being like. No, no, and that's uh, why that's why I'm good. on the train for Firewatch as a as a pretty right. solid contender. Sure. Like, I I laugh at people who think that they needed to be satisfied by the end of Firewatch. Uh, in mm. in the same breath, right? Yeah. Right, but what I mean is that I think I think that a thing can actually be bad in the ways that it satisfies us. Like yeah. I think that's I think yeah, that satisfying yeah. can be that yeah. can be bad as much as unsatisfying can be good. And so to say, you know, simply to say that satisfying is not in and of itself like uh inherently positive necessarily. I guess if that I, I, but I but I think that that goes against and I'm not I, I don't mean to pick on you specifically. I just think yeah. that I just think that there's a a mindset in a lot of like approaching approach to games or like what we want out of games is like we want to be satisfied and like without interrogating or being critical of like, okay, what is the game doing to make me feel satisfied? Like, how is it delivering that, you know, and is that, uh, you know, is that actually good? Like, is it, is it, um, or is it kind of cheap, you know, and manipulative or addictive or, you know, in some kind of hollow way or whatever it is, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, So Kara, when you say that there were like master storytellers putting this together or whatever, uh no, the game clashes with its own ideas. It they're no, not. I, again, if they, if they were telling I, a really coherent story, they wouldn't have no. that like weird disconnect okay. at the end where you're like, I just want to shoot. But but I but the moments, uh, Tom, I, I I think that you can have like a film. I think a film can have great scenes in it and still not hold together as a as a whole, right? And and I and I guess I feel that way about this game too. That like there are. I agree with you completely that the that the narrative taken as a whole is is um, very flawed, but but I still love a lot of the moments between Nathan and Elena, like just as no, yeah, I get that. I, I like those scenes also, but I guess it's it's just tough for yeah. me to praise any and, like praise the narrative or praise the storytelling when it's yeah, like a uh, I mean it's it's, it's not like, I mean it's. It's, it's, you know, there's plot, right? The overarching plot, which I think is, is kind of a mess, but there's character character beats and moments that I think are incredible. I Um, I would agree that it has moments, but yeah, I guess, I guess for me, like, like this game is the perfect example of a developer who wants, what is it? Wants, what's, wants to eat their own cake. What's it called? Has (laughs) their cake and eat it too. Their cake and wants to eat it too. Yeah. Because they're like, we have this idea that we want to make a, a hero understand his own like mortality and that there's greater things in life than killing dudes and treasure hunting, but we don't want to stand by that from the gameplay perspective. Right. And, I, like, yeah, that is, that's I think the there's, there's some like sense that. of acknowledgement of that because maybe not on Nate or like Elena or Sully's part, because uh, by the end of the game, the what's her name? Um, the, the Laura Bailey's character. Oh, the, the- the mercenary yeah. leader, yeah. yeah, yeah. Basically, she she's like they acknowledge that like their men are dead, like almost all of their men are dead, and she's like she she's holding both of them at gu- the good guy and the bad guy at gunpoint, 
She's like, uh, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm just leaving. Which yeah. is such an anti-action movie thing to do. Like, granted, they're bringing her back for the, uh, the Chloe DLC, but, uh, like, the, I was like, okay, the, no, that, that's awesome. Like, she's just like, fuck this, I'm out, and yeah. screw your action movie tropes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, no, that I, she was actually uh, my favorite character, by the way. Yeah. 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 So I mean, I'm I'm very like I'm very much looking forward to the DLC because oh, yeah. because because they are so strong with character and with character moments, and you know, and I think those two women are fascinating. Like I'm, yeah, I am, you know, I'm stoked for the DLC and and love and 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 I think anyway, yeah. So I'm. We don't have to fight about it much let's, anymore, let's, you know. I, I, yeah, cool. this should be a top sixteen game, and I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't know if it'll I be mean, top sure. ten. I mean, sure. Let's put it on. Let's put it on the list. At least, at least three of it. Sure, sure. Yeah, and like Tom, yeah. I also fully understand why you have major issues with it, plot, and like you know, kind of the conflicting what you're doing in the game that kind of makes it difficult to justify what the actual story is telling you. But um, yeah, I'll I'll put it on the list of sixteen, and we'll have, probably have a another argument about it when we're whittling this thing down. <laughs> um, Yay! That said, we're at an hour and thirty. Yeah, uh, maybe we should maybe we should bring it to a list of twelve or something. Yeah. Like do 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 three rounds of yeah, four instead one of four more rounds. Round of four. Then we can whittle it down. Yeah. Joe, are you good with that? I'm, yeah, comfor- yeah. I'm comfortable with that. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. Let's let's do a list of twelve, and then we'll just okay. whittle that down and order it from there. Because otherwise, we're gonna be here for like four hours. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. I guess moving forward, think of this as your last actual addition to this list. Um, Oh, God. I know. Uh, I'll go and I'll make a short case for I think Hitman should be in this list. Um, So I haven't played Hitman, and I'm kicking myself because I want to play Hitman. You should. And you're Um, ironically enough, you're coming in at a bad time. (laughs) Oh, wait, why is that? Because you really should experience it like month to month, I feel, which is like a very weird, bad thing mouthfeel for me but it works as a full game I, I think there's something special about getting into that game getting into the understanding how it works playing an individual map and focusing on that map while it's out and then kind of taking it each month almost like it's an episodic game like the walking dead from way back when but uh, i am bad at stealth games like horrible like i uh will play a stealth game for about like 30 seconds and then realize i don't like to do stealth and then i'll just like start playing it like an action game poorly uh, Hitman is the one game where I just want to do every single situation in this unique way. I It didn't click with me initially because, again, I had this disconnect with stealth games. But as I understood the mechanics, as I understood that guns mm. aren't even that important in the game. Most of the time you don't even want to bring a gun. You're, you're, you're throwing expired cans of spaghetti sauce at people <laughs> to knock them out. You're uh, getting behind people and like stealthily taking them out, putting them in, in some bin taking their outfit and suddenly you're a sheik suddenly you have this high clearance to get anywhere you want there's you can use the opportunities which kind of gives you here's you know go this way go that way and you'll be able to complete this assassination or whatever you need to do this hit um and that's a really good kind of holding your hand to understanding how the mechanics work but once you get through that you can kind of freelance a bit and you can under you can just try different things see what works you can run out of scenarios when you have to you can just experiment and this game is just this this playground that is really unlike any other stealth game I've played. It's one of the most fun games to watch I've ever like seen. Like I, if you are a giant bomb fan, the way they play this game is just fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like I've had just as much fun watching people try to pull off certain things as I've done it myself. And there's just so many oh shit moments, and suddenly hang from a ledge on the top of a building. 
and people are looking for you as you're dressed like a waiter and then you climb up somewhere else, you knock out a police officer and now they don't even realize who you are anymore. And of course, there's there's this wink and nod at how ridiculous a lot of that is because you're still yeah. just a very, you know, you're, you're this bald dude who's really easy to spot. Um, but the game plays with that in a way that's fun. The dialogue just from these different opportunities and these characters you're around is ridiculous and smart and stupid in, in this weird way where I just had fun listening to this guy who is taking golf lessons talk on the phone and uh, again there's just like random like this um, Helmet Kruger who's like this weird model <laughs> dude who's also this bald guy who looks oh, just like yeah, 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 yeah who's yeah. like yeah like walking the catwalk and there's just so many things to do in this game that I had no expectations for similar to Overwatch I had no expectations for way back when, but like I, I really really like Hitman, and the I, again it's the most fun game to watch of the year. If that's what this was about, this it would win in a landslide in my opinion. But uh, it's also really fun to play once you kind of get over that it's, initial understanding how stealth games work hurdle. It's so good to play too, like on the inverse of the good to watch because. If you're the kind of player who can stomach, you know, a 30 minute to an hour long kind of play session, which, like, you watch the giant bomb stream or something like that, they can go for like two hours on one character. It, it, that sense of satisfaction after you successfully snipe somebody, uh, after having waited up at like the top of, uh, the church tower for like 20 minutes waiting for him to walk at just the perfect spot is, is a fascinating feeling of accomplishment that very few games have have ever accomplished before, I feel. And, and you know, it was because of like your planning. You, you, everything in this game is very deliberate. So uh, while at the same time, the, the randomness, the, the AI behavior or the, you know, if, uh, like luckily throwing a scissors (laughs) at just the right moment to impale somebody against the wall. Uh, it, it's, it's entertaining in a way that it has its own like narrative dissonance of like, you know, how the hell does this guy keep running around, like, you know, choking out a sheik, uh, and then becoming a waiter. And yet he's like still getting away with this, but God damn, does it work though? They, they, they don't like, I mean, it's not, it's not only self-serious. It's a silly game in a lot of different moments. And like you said, there's a, there's a beauty in the randomness. It feels fair. Like every once in a while, there's like crazy moments, but mostly when things go wrong, you feel like, all right, I attempted that in a really stupid way, but it Mm -hmm. is the moments where your, your best made plan just suddenly crumbles and it goes haywire where you're running away and you're just like trying to get a new outfit as quickly as possible. It just works. And Tom, you should play this game. Yeah. No, I want, I, yeah, it's a game that I, I want to play. I have not gotten around to it yet, unfortunately. It sounds it sounds super fun. It's super fun. Even I have no love for the Hitman series. I, I love this game. Um, have you played it, Caro? Oh yeah, yeah, I played it, and uh, yeah, I think it, I think it's a really fascinating kind of uh, an enjoyable sort of you know clockwork mechanism of a game that you know it's it's a it's this like machine that with all these gears turning, and you can go in and you know experiment. It's shockingly deep. Yeah. yeah, and and I mean, and you know, there. So each each um, uh, mission has uh, like different uh, sort of. You know, you can just go and do it however you want, but there's also the specific kind of kills that it that the game will. Um, I forget what they're called, but there's like opportunities or yeah, something like that, and um, and some of those are just like so spectacularly, you know, abs- kind of absurd. Oh, totally. And, like you know what is what is one like in the first mission it's like dropping 
the you have two targets and it's like and you know it's this it's this massive french mansion or whatever where there's this big fashion show going on but like one opportunity is like to to kill the second target by dropping the body of the first target <laughs> onto so them good. it's like oh my god it's or, or so ludicrous one of the golf balls for this guy's golfing lessons with an explosive golf ball so when he hits it there's this massive explosion suddenly yeah. and no one has yeah. any idea it was you it's yeah right. it's amazing to yeah. set up a scenario I, and then just watch your work yeah 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 um i guess i would say like my one um you know i i i'm totally in favor of being on like I, I feel like once you choose one of those opportunities, you know, the way that it, it, you know, and activate it, like it will, the game will just sort of guide you yeah. step by step. Like go, you know, listen in on this conversation to learn this information. And then you do that. And then you have the next piece and it's like very waypointy. Like it'll just kind of walk you through it, which, you know, I mean, it obviously it's not something that you have to do. It's not an option you have to take as a player. Um, and, but, you know, if you do approach it that way, I feel like it, that undercuts the sense of like, oh, I'm figuring this out myself. Yes. I'm like piecing this together. You and so should use the yeah. um, opportunities as a tutorial for understanding how the game mechanics work and then turn yeah. that shit off and start doing it on your own. Uh, otherwise you are, yeah. you're, you're missing out on what makes this game special. Right, um, right. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. I'm adding it to the list. Uh, <laughs> to the list. All right. We have uh, three more games. So uh, I don't know which one to do. I have two games I want to choose from. Which one should I choose? Well, you only Higher or lower alphabetically? Oh, um, can you give me a hint of what these are? Well, they're both yeah. indie games. Okay. One of them you know, one of them you don't I, know. I would say, is it going to be is it Hyperlight Drifter that's going to be one of them? No, but Hyperlife Drifter is friggin' unbelievable. I, to, I haven't played it yet. I feel bad. I I'm guessing Inside I, is probably a slip on this. I, 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 dis, I, dis, I just want to get on the record in case we don't come back to it. Um, I disagree yep. that Hyperlife Drifter is incredible. Oh, man. Oh, no, um, wait, 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 let's have this argument. And later. that's the last word on Hyperlife Drifter. <laughs> right, no. um, I'm going to say lower on the list. Okay. Ooh. Well, if it's lower, then I'm not going to do what should be the best Vita game, but it's not on the Vita. I'm going to do Tharsis. Wow! Really? Yeah. Okay. Wow! Uh, you are rolling. You are rolling the dice on this one. Go See for what it. I did there? Hey oh. All right. <laughs> Tharsis. It's a board game. It's a single player board game. Not, no, this is about video games, Tom. It's not going on this list. Yeah. So I mean, so <laughs> it's your as long as Inside doesn't land on this list, I'm happy. <laughs> what? Are you serious? I have thought actually. About Oh, oh my god. god. That's good. All right. So, Explain okay, what Tharsis is. Tharsis is a board game basically, um and that you have dice and you're you're playing against yourself. So it's a it's a you're on, you're, you're in a ship like the rule, you're playing against the rules of the game. Yeah. Yes. So you're in a ship hurtling through space and I think there's uh eight sections of the ship, we'll say. And you have four or five crew members. And the idea is to put out any dangers that arise before you blow up. Uh, and you can you can win. You can get your your destination um, if you are good enough at putting out dangers. And it is it is a really uh, <laughs> it's a really dire game because oh uh, man to say the oh, least it's you ain't very kidding, buddy. So I mean it's the, the 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 concept is like so each each room has its own like uh, special features and whatnot that can help you. Like if you're in this room, you can heal people in the ship, or in this part of the ship, you can heal the ship. And then you roll dice, and 
you 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 choose based on the dice like how you want to allot your resources. Oh man! And it uh, it's very stressful because it's based on dice, obviously, but it's... also the choices you make. And all shit just keeps going wrong, and yeah. like, oh my god, it is. You know, it's it, it it really does give you that feeling of watching like a like a a uh, uh, one of those like movies. Aliens. Yeah, a movie where people are yeah. stranded on a spaceship, and the the sense of tension, like it starts out really like it almost un- it starts and out uncomfortably high. <laughs> it starts out uncomfortably high, and only gets fucking higher after that. Because, you know, because some of the choices are like maybe your captain dies, right? Yes. And then you yes. have to choose if you want to eat your captain or not. Oh my god! And, it, yes. and it's a real literal, choice. Literally. I literally just looked at a screen yeah. that said like, cannibalism plus three AP. Yes. Like, what is going on? Yes. You get, you'll get more health for eating the captain, and you need it because you are effing going to die. But then you like roll fewer dice, which means you have a much lower chance after being a cannibal of like getting the numbers you need. God, this... And the game is a constant tug of war of like, do I put out that fire or do I try to eat and heal myself or do I try to like <laughs> heal the ship? Like it's constantly like that. And it's, it's tough because you are on edge for the entire 20 to 30 minutes. Maybe it lasts um, until you die or you, or you finish, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's the good kind of edge for me. Because it is, it is, it feels fair, even though it's dice rolling. Because it really feels like you, you are in control of if you if you make the right choices, you can come out on top. Um, and sorry that's if you important. mentioned this before. Is this at all similar to FTL? I heard a compare. I've never played FTL, even though people okay. say I love the, it. The style of it looks like it to a certain extent. I mean, it plays mechanically yeah. different dice rolls versus. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I can totally. understand the comparison because it is. It's a game about putting up fires on a spaceship. Um, and it's really tense and it's really uh, rewarding. Well, so I don't know. I I think I this really game like was was risk. So you kind of had me at dice rolls. Like, yes. Yeah. Kind of. It, it is really. And each of the each of the crew members you choose to go along with you have their own abilities, which adds a little wrinkle right. into it. Like this guy has more dice, or this this person does not get affected by cannibalism because they are a psychopath apparently. Well, so it's that kind of stuff, and it's also got like missions. Um, which I appreciate, so they give you specific tasks that are, you know, tangential to the to the main story. So you don't you don't mm-hmm. just have to keep doing the feudal mission to Mars over and over again. So I mean, I I think this is an incredible. I want to buy this game. game. Um, um, you know, it's 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 definitely one of those not for everyone because if you, you know, if you are pregnant or have heart <laughs> a bad heart, I play this game. It's one of those things where it is, I cannot believe how stressful it is, but I, I absolutely love it because of it. And it's just, the, can I tell you what I was going to choose between, by the way? Uh, yes, you can. Which is which is <laughs> the polar opposite of Stardew Valley was my, was what I was talking oh, about. Wow. All right. Which is so that different. That might be the opposite I'm, thing. I'm kind of happy I yep. told you to go lower because I, now I'm really fascinated by this game. I'm going to add to the list, by the way, because you got me. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I I love Tharsis. I think it's I think it's one of those games I'll be playing for the next you know decade or so because it's just a really really enjoyable game. All right, the end. The end. Added to the list. Uh, man, it really is the opposite of Stardew Valley. Uh, Carolyn, <laughs> it you is. have one more choice. Oh, on this okay. List. What do I what do I spend one. my what do I spend my last choice on? Yeah, I Star- Valley is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, no, not so not so much. I mean, it is, but it's not. I'm not. 
what do I spend my last? By the way, as on? you're thinking about this, yeah. if Stardew yeah, yeah. Valley was on Vita, it would be the second best game of the year. Oh I, my I gosh! Actually it feel, I was totally about to buy it because I thought it was on Vita, and I got depressed that it wasn't. Yeah. By the way, my other game I was going to choose was Pokemon Go. Um, okay. Very, very different from Thursday. Yeah, I know. I was going to say, like oh, Pokemon uh, Go, I think should be on this list, but that's fine. Let's. Yeah. We, we so can't Hitman always get what we want. Go, yes. Hitman yeah. and Pokemon Go are pretty similar. And you pretty yeah. much the same thing. You collect. Yeah. No, I well, can't I even want. make it. <laughs> I can't even do it. <laughs> Here, what do you got? There's, there's a Squirtle. There's a Squirtle. <laughs> um, okay. Wow, this is a, this is a tough choice. It this is. is a very tough choice. Um, mm, mm, mm. Hmm. Uh, okay, uh, I am going to go with, um, I'm going to go with One Night Stand. Okay, Ooh. I don't know um, what this is. Okay, so One Night Stand is a, uh, it's a game in which you, uh, you play as a, as a young man, you wake up, uh, you know, one morning with a woman in bed next to you, um, and you have no memory of, like, who she is and, like, what happened. I mean, you know, mm, yeah. aside from, like, just the uh, the stuff that you can assume, like, you don't know how you wound up in bed together. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, so you, you, you're in her apartment and, you know, you... So it's a really disorienting game at first because you have, like, no information to work with. And... Um, and you don't really know, um, uh, you know, you don't know her name. You don't know what she knows or remembers about last night initially. And, um, so it's a game in which, you know, you choose, you choose dialogue options. It's just, it's just basically you, like, you can kind of explore her apartment. You can, like, you know, sometimes she'll be out of the room, like, she'll run to the bathroom or she'll go make you a cup of coffee or whatever. And in those times, like, you can, if you want to, like look at, you know, look at the DVDs on her DVD rack, huh. and, and maybe then you can ask her about those when she comes back, and maybe that'll give you a little more insight into her as a person, or you can look at her photos, or you can you can be um, a snoop, and you can, like, if you choose to, you can, like, look through her journal or whatever, you know, look through her, wa- her wallet. Um, you know, you have, you can, you just choose how to conduct yourself or what to do in this pretty, kind of initially, again, disorienting time, and um, I guess what I really admire about this game is I feel like so often in, in, in games um, wh- where you have, um, you know, relationships and dialogue options and things like that, yeah. that there's a kind of, there's a, a real gaminess to those relationships or to those interactions in the sense that, like, you maybe have, like, something specific that you, that you the player, want to get out of it and... So, you know, I think for, like, the ultimate example of this is, like, in Bioware, you know, um, I mean, as, as well-written as some, as many of the supporting characters are in games like Mass Effect 2, you know, um, a lot of players will approach those interactions with this sense of, like, okay, um, you know, I think this character is the hot one or the whatever, yeah. and therefore I'm going to, like, Get, I'm going to input the, the right um, dialogue options to get the, to, to have them, you know, to get the sex cutscene at the end or whatever. Yeah, how you do know? I max this versus how do I get Exa- to know this person? Exactly, exactly. Like, and so it's this really reductive way of thinking about relationships and thinking about, like, it's a, you know, it kind of 
you know, people, you can look at those characters as basically existing for you or like, you know, how can you as the hero, as Shepard or whatever, get what you want out of them. And what I like, what I really like about One Night Stand is that, um, you know, it has many endings and there's many different ways that you can conduct yourself and, you know, and different kind of understandings that you might kind of come to. But um, I just felt like playing it, that it was a much more kind of natural um, uh, uh, interaction because I don't, and, you know, I think there are comparisons actually in a way to be made to Emily is away, which is a game that we talked about last year, and that game which is a, being great. I love after that game. I played it later. Yeah. I fell in love which with is that a thing. game in which, yeah, like that's a game in which like you can't, you know, t- say to Emily the exact thing so that you quote unquote win the game, you know, so that she ultimately like, is in love with you or whatever, right? You're not going to have that experience. And and I think that that's really valuable because so many games are all about, to, you know, again, to go back to what we were saying about being satisfied earlier, so many games are about just satisfying mm-hmm. the player and giving us what we want. And sometimes that's, you know, like it's not always bad to have the hero fantasy or to have the, 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 the wish fulfillment fantasy, but in when it's like, when that is the, the full range of, you know, experience that like 95% of games are like offering us or trying to offer us, then it's a problem. And then games that run against that grain, I think are, you know, particularly valuable because they encourage us to think like, oh, you know, (laughs) to think about our relationships with other people in ways that are not maybe so self-serving or, you know, self-invested. Um, and so anyway, One Night Stand to me is, um, you know, I don't, it, 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 there's so many options for how, for what you do within this period of time as you're, as you and this other person are both kind of disoriented and are kind of trying to come to some like understanding of like, okay, how do we feel about what happened? What do we want from each other? Um, that it, it's, it was just one of the most kind of refreshing and engaging like uh, interactions um, you know, that, that I've had in a, in a, well, the most kind of refreshing and involving yeah. interaction I've had with a specific other character in any game this year. Um, uh, because again, just because it's, it's, it's more, it's so much more about, I, I feel coming to some kind of mutual understanding with this other person than it is in, in, you can't really approach it as I'm going to try to just get, you know, get result X out of the, out of this character yeah. um, because you're so disoriented and it's all, yeah, you're just kind of fumbling and figuring things out as you go. Yeah. Carol, I got one you, question. Yeah. Is it fun? <laughs> uh, it's not. No, but it is. It the is worst, uh, the worst question. Yeah. But it's, but it's very, it's, it's not, it's not, un, it's not like, it's not yeah. frustrating either. It's not, it's not. No, like I've, a, I've, I've actually played this game. Okay. But I didn't play much of it, but yeah. I, I played it. But yeah, no, I, I, I know exactly where you're coming from. This game is, is interesting yeah. and yeah. Uh, thoughtful in, in ways that... It's, it's one of those, like... The reasons I like these games are the same reasons I would never let anyone watch me play these games. Because <laughs> it's, it's revealing about yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. it's the first like, time you play one... through something like this. It's, it's revealing about yourself in ways that you yeah. are uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah, like I'll give one example, like of a thing I did in this game that then I I I felt really bad afterwards. Is like so when the game starts, um, you have this friend of yours who's like texting you, being like, "Hey, buddy, what happened last night? Where did you go? You know, you kind of bailed on me or whatever." 
And, you know, one thing you can do, it, because your friend, like you say, oh, I'm in bed with this woman. He's like, yeah, right. Give me a, you know, give me a break. You can take a picture oh, no. of oh, her no. and text it to him <laughs> to try to. No, bro. She's for real. Yeah. Uh, yeah, basically. Uh, if you, I just want to say like, you know, what happens if you do that? I mean, it's it's what it's appropriately like. You will feel like a like fucking shit. asshole, yeah. as you should. Um, uh, anyway, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, it's, you're it's, selling it, me on this because uh, Emily is away hit me so hard at being a child of like internet messengers and or instant sure. messengers and or like early Facebook stuff, and I, I had that relationship from Emily yeah. as away and sure. as. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a relatively young person, like the thought of just being able to kind of simulate the the I don't know what word I would use the interaction of a one of a post one night stand is like oh fuck this yeah I'm yeah. to the list I'm gonna buy that game too you guys have spent about a hundred dollars for me so far today but uh, <laughs> oh yeah. we spend fifteen dollars more yeah all right okay that's added Joe one more and then we'll whittle this all right down I'm getting off the AAA train because. <laughs> <laughs> look look at who I'm sharing sure. right. Pokemon Go, no. Uh, I'm going to say it's not on this list, and I can't actually add it because I'm listed as anonymous for All some right, reason. I, I, but I uh, Valhalla. If you oh, it. yes. Good, v, or, thank you. Or VA-11 Hall-A, the no. cyberpunk bartender action game. Okay. Except yes. there's no action. It's literally just you. Okay, so let me let me lay the ground. I don't, I don't know this game, by the way. You, you don't know oh. Valhalla. Oh, Tom. Oh, Tom. All right. I'm very so excited you now. Are, um, I can't remember what the girl's name is, but you Jill. are, are Jill. Jill yes, you are Jill, a bartender at like a cheap like chain bar uh, in the middle of a like cyberpunk Akira looking city. Uh, it's like not post-apocalypse, but like you know, no, dystop- it's, it's, yeah, it's just cyberpunk it's, dystopia, dystopia, you like, know, and. Everyone's yeah. fighting for their life and everything like that, and it's very, you know, it's very Blade Runner. Everyone's scrunching by very poorly, yeah. and uh, you are just, you are literally just there to tend the bar and like talk to whoever comes in. And the characters in this game make this game magic. Uh, there's, there's like very typical people. Like there's a surly news editor. There's a, a, a hacker girl who like you know just talks about. Her work, uh, but then there's like crazy ass characters in here, like uh, a a they're I think I forget what they're called, but they're like androids. Um, and there's this one called Dorothy, who is like she's she's like 30 years old or something like that, but she is the body, the like robot body of a like 12 year old girl, and she's a prostitute. Like that's her jam. Is she just prostitute? She like sells her robot body mm. to men, and she's like one of the most entertaining characters. Uh, there's Raj Sheba, who is a talking dog wearing a uh, Hawaiian shirt and sunglasses, and he's a prick. Oh, uh, you just sold me on this unbelievably with that. And last like, character. literally, he walks into the bar and he's like, "Hey, babe," and he's like, "Is that a fucking talking dog?" Yeah. Uh, and and the the way like it's a it's a narrative game, kind of like a kind of like a a um, visual novel. Where like it's literally just talk to these people, learn their lives. Everyone has a really interesting story, or at least an interesting like you know, interaction with you as a bartender. And what you can do to kind of slightly alter um, what they say, or like how open they are, or what they choose to do later in their life, is you serve them a drink from like a, a list of maybe like thirty drinks, uh, and you have to get the ingredients correct, or they get pissed. Uh, and one of the the way you like slightly change 
what will happen later or what they'll do or what they'll say is uh, how much alcohol you throw into their drink. Every, every like recipe comes with like, you know, throw one alcohol in or throw two alcohol in, but you can like make a drink big uh, by adding double or triple and, you can get people sloshed and open up about their lives and maybe like make a terrible decision later. Like a lady comes in saying like, I have a concert to perform at later. Uh, I really need something to kind of help sober me up. You can, you can jack her up. Uh, and it's, it's, I, I don't know, maybe Carolyn, you can add to this, yeah. but uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. These let characters me have like stuck yeah. to me so hard. Yeah. And I mean, so there's, uh, yeah, well, first of all, I just want to say, like, when I first heard about this game that was called, like, you know, Cyberpunk Bartender Action, I thought that it was going to be one of those, like, uh, stressful, like, time man, like, restaurant management yeah. games or whatever, yeah, like, like where you have customers sure. lining up and you have to make your drinks as quickly as possible. And it's not that at all. Like, the, the, nope. the process of making the drinks is really, like, pleasant, actually. It's just very, you can take your time with it. Um, you know, it's, you just kind of, yeah, you just drag the ingredients and then you mix the drink and it's like super easy and pleasant um, to, you know, kind of go back actually to what I was saying about, you know, Diaries of a Spaceport Janitor. Also, like, like this is, you know, again, like if Adam Jensen came into this bar, right, like yep. you would not, that game, the Deus Ex game, you would not give a fuck about the life of, you know, or know anything really about the life of the bartender beyond you know, whatever, give me the, give me a drink, you know, I never asked for this, whatever. Um, uh, but here, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a really different perspective on a cyberpunk dystopia. Like the opening text crawl says, you know, it's a world where, um, you know, the, 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 the non-powerful, like quality of life is degrading rapidly for all, for all of the non-powerful, which is like almost everyone. And, you know, but most cyberpunk games, you know, kind of fetishize the cyberpunk scenarios in the sense of like, oh, the rain, the neon and everything. It, it, you know, it almost becomes like totally alluring and just attractive. And we, you know, whereas like early cyberpunk literature, like if you read early, like William Gibson, like Neuromancer and stuff, that is all about like critiques of giant corporations and of capitalism and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And I think you really need that like working class perspective or something, you know, to for a cyberpunk game to have some of that critique, in, you know, at work in it. So I appreciate the game on that level. Um, but and it, it, it illustrates that world literally from the seat of the bar. Like, you, you yeah. aside from, like, you, there's a screen where, like, you're at home, like, yeah. you know, sitting under a blanket, and then, like, there's one screen where you're at the shop, like, buying a cactus yeah. for your and, house. You never leave the right. bar. And it illustrates yeah, this entire world it, through those people. And you're a character who, you know, they're worried about how they're going to pay rent. They're worried that the bar is going to close and they're not going to have a job. You know, they have all of these, again, these kind of really grounded, um, relatable, you know, cons real person concerns. But, you know, but on top of that, yeah, I mean, the, 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 it's such a colorful, lively, um, you know, environment and the characters are so great and the music is so great. And, you know, um, so it's really, yeah, it's just this really enjoyable um, interactive experience that I think also does what I want more games to do in terms of giving us new perspectives on familiar worlds, having access, you know, having something to say about um, actual cultural and social forces in the world we live in, and all of that. So yeah, I'm I'm um, I'm an you know I'm an admirer of this game. 
And for the record, you can buy a Rad Sheba t-shirt. <laughs> oh, man. You're just, like, you're having <laughs> these random, like, tangents that are selling me on this. Uh, yeah, no, I think I, I think yeah. that sounds really cool. Uh, I am, it was, uh, I think it was on Nick Capazzoli's number one game for the Giant Bomb list that he submitted, and I, it looks really? interesting from okay. there. Yeah, so. Nice. Uh, yes, that is. Yeah, I'm fascinated by it. And it was, it's kind of a cool transition going from One Night Stand to that game, because very different things, but both about learning about characters in a way that's not the normal gamey way of where's my quest or how can I sleep with you? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, everyone, that That's brings us down to our 12. Um, and I think this is actually usually the easier part, I guess, like the shorter part of actually organizing these, because we're not going to find this perfect balance for everyone. Um, right. But if there were two games to take off of here, mm. I can concede Ratchet and Clank, if, especially if we say that that's essentially an older game that's been re- redone, in a sense. I'm comfortable with that. Uh, I'd be fine with taking off Uncharted if you want to take off Uncharted. <laughs> so I, I would no! be putting that at 10. Tom, I, how I'm passionate that being are low. you about hidden my game by mom? Uh, it's really, it's really, it's really nice. <laughs> it's a really nice game. <laughs> I think it looks um, like a fun, yeah, like a fun, just look at the rest of this list because we need to get rid of two and I'm okay at least doing this great radio because I'm just going to delete this. So I'm deleting that, so we're at least down to, we need to delete one more. Um, and of all of these, I feel like that's the one that stands out as maybe I would feel good getting rid of that. I I will probably download it because it's free, like you said. Um, but I don't know if it stands with the rest. Uh, that's fine. I mean, I, you know, I obviously think it does, but I understand that it's a little, it's a little silly. Yeah. It's very different. I recommend everybody play it because what do you got to lose? Yeah. All right. Are we good making that? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I just want to say I can't believe. So ultimately, my number two game of the year. I never made an argument. I you know I made a tactical choice in the end. I didn't make an argument for. Uh, but I just want to give an honorable, men- a very honorable mention personally to uh, Kentucky Rat Zero Act Four. Yeah. What which, the hell? I mean, <laughs> you well, know you know. I mean, it's, you know, I, th- I think, I guess because it's an episodic game and, you know, it's, it's a just one, and the next, as, as, I mean, it's one of my two favorite games of the year, but, you know, I, I, I just decided I wanted to see other games represented here, I guess okay. is what it came down to. Yeah. It's basically the Americans of, of video games. I, <laughs> I love the Americans and I love Kentucky Red Zero and I don't get that analogy, but oh, okay. Well, because it's, it's the best, but like nobody really plays about it. Oh, <laughs> right. Sure. Yes. Yeah. In that the Americans sense. is on my list of things I need to analogy. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, yeah. Surprised you didn't mention that one. Yeah. That's, that's fine. Also, uh, shout out to Dishonored 2, which is a lot of people's game of the year that yeah, we didn't mention. Played it yet. Very nice. Game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think the story so. fell flat, but eh. Like, yeah, okay. of course, gameplay-wise, it's 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 amazing. Um, so I've been slowly ordering these in a way that I think we could maybe agree with. Uh, I'm just going to read this out loud, and then we can start okay. moving things around. Okay, go for it. Go for it. Um, yeah, so just, yeah, yeah. Again, this is not a final list at all. Uh, <laughs> number one, Firewatch. Number two, Overwatch. It's the year of the watch. Uh, number three, Diaries of a Spaceport Janitor. Uh, number four, Imbroglio. Number five, Hitman. Number six, Valhalla, number seven, Quad Cow, number eight, Tharsis, yeah. number nine, One Night Stand, and number ten, Uncharted Four. 
Personally, okay. I, I would rather have Overwatch in the number one spot than Firewatch. Oh, I agree with that. Oh, I love this. I was just doing <laughs> and this and I, I thought I would get no real support other than Joe. <laughs> I would rather have Valhalla higher than Diaries. Uh, sure. I think there's a lot more I mean, like narratively going on there. I, okay, I think, sure, that's fair. I won't argue against that. I mean, I don't think narrative is... Uh, you know, the only way that a game makes yeah. meaning, and I think that Diaries makes a tremendous amount of meaning through its gameplay loop. It's on my um, list for a reason, you know, like, yeah, yeah, I, I, I firmly agree yeah. that it, it needs to be on here. Um, I just found myself smiling a lot more with, and maybe, yeah, not smiling, but... No, right. I, yeah, I hear you. Uh, um, Tom, do you have a strong feeling on the order of the list at all? Uh, I, I'm disappointed to see Overwatch number number one. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's why I started out with yeah. Firewatch because I didn't think I was going to win an argument about Overwatch. Yeah, uh, I guess I get I guess like the one of the things that kind of like troubles me about Overwatch is like the addictive tendencies of it. Yeah, because I okay. know that before the wide release, it didn't have the um, level up system, it didn't have the loot box system, and that was added in later. And like that kind of like um, uh, pull to keep playing regardless of anything else just to um, get that and like, lock. It's, it's, I think that's always scary for me. An issue for some people, but uh for me personally, I don't care about loot boxes, more about like actually enjoying what that game does and getting online with friends. Um I could totally understand how that could become an addictive quality of it, even though oh, yeah. loot I boxes mean, Blizzard, are more of a bonus than an actual They like, are, but Blizzard, back. I mean, you know, let's not kid ourselves. Blizzard Definitely, deliberately makes their games addictive. Oh yeah, it's all, you know, and 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 I mean, for some players, I mean, yeah, like loot boxes are definitely like the you know the randomness, the whatever, like the what is it, what's gonna be in at this time? I mean yeah. that 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 does trigger things in the brain, you know, or like Blizzard studies this stuff, totally. they analyze it, and so yeah. so you know, I mean, and I'm not, I mean, I do think that that's generally an insidious tendency and i'm not like a fan of it um at all yeah but i guess generally in this case it doesn't feel like it's something again it's different for everyone i felt like it was just oh cool a loot box instead of i need to play two more games to get a loot box i never had that sense yeah if anything the competitive rank was more of that of like oh i just lost it's like gambling where i lost 100 points i gotta get some of that back and then suddenly it's 3 a.m you've lost 200 points and you hate everything Um, yeah right right yeah but and I, I totally understand that criticism of it, though. Uh, and the fact that it's yeah, random and the, if you can pay money always, for it, you might get shit. It always scares me about Blizzard games is how, is how they kind of work on people's addictive tendencies, which I think is, is dangerous. Yeah. Um, so that's why it's, it's, it's tough for me to like give them the highest praise because I know that that's sure. kind of who they are. I just think they do they the that. addictive thing through actual like gameplay and actual... like wanting to come back for the sake of competitive ranking or just getting better over the kind of cheapness of the loot boxes, even if that is part of it for some people. Uh, so yeah. I guess, I mean, yeah. Still, the, the loot boxes are there, totally. you know, it's, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. I still think this is the best game of the year, but I, uh, Firewatch is close for me. Uh, in terms of the rest of the list, are we okay with the order? Mm. The order 1886, or whatever that game was called, that should be on this list as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I I think the list looks fine otherwise <laughs> in the rankings. It's just, uh, yeah, I just, I've, I've, cause that's, you know, the addiction stuff is something that I've written about and talked about for a while. It's just yeah, like really yeah. 
really difficult for me because I see what, what, Tom, they, what they kind of do. Yeah, Tom, Tom, can, Tom will file a dissenting opinion um, to Because <laughs> uh, I think right now it probably is three against one in terms of Overwatch being number one. Uh, but yeah, I totally understand the criticism there. Uh, but I still think Overwatch is the best game of the year. Yeah, that's because you're addicted to it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, God damn it. Don't say that. I will get through it together. Oh. Yep. Can I cop to my addiction and still say it's the best and then get help later? <laughs> you can do whatever you want as long as you get help at some point. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, do we lock this in? Well, that was really quick. I know. I'm okay with this. But like, I guess the actual ordering part is less important to me than like actually discussing why a lot of these yeah. things are cool and learning about I mean, these right. games. Like, sure. I mean, you know, it, obviously, like, a, uh, if it were a personal list, like, yeah, I totally. would, I would, I would put Quadrilateral Cowboy, you know, way closer to the top you and so would on. Be wrong. But, yeah. but you know, in the in the interest of like, this is a a discussion, a, a sort of we're trying to find some kind of you know, maybe we're making compromises and come to some kind of consensus here. You know, I'm, I am fine. I am fine with this list. Okay. So, the, and there isn't anyone, so other than Tom, is there someone who would put Firewatch over Overwatch? No. I am like close to doing that, but like, I, I am good with either of those being number one. I think yeah. Overwatch is my favorite game of the year, but there's something really special about Firewatch. And I, I do understand that I think a lot. I'm of very glad it's at number two. Yeah. I, 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 I would. I, I, yeah. At a certain point, every top ten list becomes a like. I'm glad it's here, and yeah. a, and in a better right. circumstance, I'm glad it's higher or lower or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> I will say that after yeah. this, I am going to download uh, Imbroglio. I'm going to download, download Tharsis, uh and I will probably yeah buy and download Valhalla. So yeah, yeah, uh, you should. That's where I'm at with this. Um, it's a good year for games. It's been a very, it was a very fantastic good. year for so many reasons, but goddamn, the games were good. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. We gained uh, so much, but at what cost? <laughs> at what cost? Uh, all right, so that means let's, that... Well, let's the, run it down one more time, yeah? yeah? Let, let's go from 10. So the our list, starting at 10, so the 10th best game of the year, <laughs> Uncharted 4. Uh, at 9, we had One Night Stand. At 8, Tharsis. 7, Quad Cow. 6, Diaries of a Spaceport Janitor. Five Hitman, which is a great game. Four Imbroglio, three Valhalla, two Firewatch, and the best game of 2016, according to like three of us mostly, is Overwatch. Which pretty cool. That's how many games on here were made by one person? Uh, I think we had a lot. It's very similar to last year where we had that. Um, Stardew Valley mostly was right. Uh, That was one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Um, One Night Stand is at least largely like I, I, you know, I. And I think it's all—it's almost always the case. Well, they have you know help in some like um, quadrilateral cowboy. You know, Blendo Games is mostly one person. Yeah. I don't want to say that uh, Brendan Chung made it single-handedly, but certainly like it is—it is mostly um, yeah. his game, I believe. So it's—it's it's basically it's so it's quadrilateral cowboy, Imbroglio, Valhalla, One Night Stand are all made by one person. Yeah, it's this seems to happen. And then no, I think and uh... then diaries. Diaries yeah. was like seven people, and Diaries like, and Firewatch were like under ten and people. stuff. And um, Tharsis, so that's that is crazy. Having yeah. like one dude made Imbroglio versus nine hundred and fifty made Uncharted four. <laughs> 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 Doom would not even be on our top twelve list at the start of this conversation. I would have been shocked. I think Doom is great. But... I would 
argue harder yeah. against Doom than than Uncharted. Whoa! I think. Oh man, we need to have a second podcast. Also, Titanfall but I would have <laughs> probably should have been. On I would list. totally support Titanfall too, even though it's not my list. I think that is a phenomenal I shooter. Think that campaign is fantastic. Uh, it is it is incredible. So yeah, don't, I'm glad we avoided Doom because yeah, I, me I too. Because I, I wouldn't like have fought as hard for it as like Overwatch or anything. Because like I I just really think it's fun. And but again, that's a different conversation for a different day. Yep. Uh, we have a, we have a good list. Congratulations to so we'll be sending Blizzard our award trophy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, I, don't, I don't know what it looks like. Statue yet, of Josiah. It, yeah, it's a statue of my face. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, I like it. Please put that somewhere where everyone can see it. Uh, thank you guys for doing this for the last two and a half hours. That went longer than I thought, but I'm super happy with how this actually turned out. Uh, yeah, so a lot of fun. I'm, I'm going to download Hitman uh, the entirety of today. And then oh, tomorrow I will play so Hitman. Good. I can't wait. Well, okay, Josiah, well, you'll be messaging project. me later tonight being like, hey, do you want to play Game of the Year Overwatch? Yeah, tonight? I know. Now I'm only yeah. going to call it that. Like, <laughs> it's like the title in front of it. Uh, yeah. so, I'll have to um, join you with some Overwatch at some point. Yeah, we'll do this. And then we're going to have a post-game yeah. podcast where we talk about like how we were so unbelievably wrong about this list, <laughs> except for the number one and two game. Oh, um, so cool. in terms of Twitter handles, if you want to find Carolyn, you are uh, at Carolyn Michelle. Uh, Tom, I you're am. Tom McShay, right? Tom McShay. And Joe, you are Joseph, Joseph Noob. Noob. Oh, this is yep. so great. Guess what? I'm at Josiah Renaud. Man, we're so good at Twitter. Oh, synergy. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys again for doing this. Uh, again, I have a lot of games to play. And thank you so much if you've made it all the way uh, for listening, everyone. And hopefully you tune back in for the next episode of the 1099.